Welcome back, Martin Giant fans. This is episode number 73, featuring The Long Good Friday from 1980, directed by John McKenzie and starring Bob Hoskins and Helen Murin, followed by Snatch from 2000, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Jason Stateman, Brad Pitt, and many, many others. This is our British crime films episode, and uh, especially if you like a good heavy Cockney accent, uh, really good films. I enjoy them quite a bit. Uh, the Long Good Friday is a really good film that I think you know many people may not have seen at this point, but they should definitely check out. With some really interesting uh, uh, observations by our good friend Mr. Thrawn, uh, in terms of the implications of the British Empire at this point. So, I really enjoy that. Uh, but of course, Snatch is a lot of fun, and we talk a lot about Snatch, and of course Guy Ritchie, and all of the performances that are involved in that. So uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy that, uh, all those conversations that happened. As you guys know, we record all of these podcasts on Twitch, and we love the participation that we have when people are able to join us live during the recordings. So please continue to do that if you'd like. Our uh, Twitch is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, that's twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And this Saturday... Uh, which is when we normally record our episodes, August 21st at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's GMT plus 8, I believe, uh, or minus 8. I don't remember if it's plus 8 or minus 8. Anyway, in on the Pacific side of uh, the United States, 3 p.m., we will be recording our podcast of True Stories from 1986, directed by David Byrne. Yes, the lead singer and uh, person behind Talking Heads, David Byrne, did a fantastic movie from 1986, which I have seen many, many, many times. But the secret is Dan Thrawn has never seen it. Eric has seen it as well. But Dan Thrawn has never seen it. So this will be a first take impression from Mr. Thrawn, which is very rare because Dan has seen every single movie. So please don't miss it. August 21st, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will be doing this twitch.tv uh, slash martini underscore giant. Uh, also, a couple other things. On August 28th, we will actually not be doing uh, a Twitch episode because unfortunately that Saturday, Dan and I will be shooting uh, a short that we uh, that I've been working on and he's going to be helping me out on. So uh, we are not going to be able to do on the 28th. But I do want to know the following Saturday, which would be September 4th, what would you like to see? Would you like to see a podcast episode or a watch party episode? In terms of a podcast episode, one of the suggestions that we have uh, going around right now is Looper plus uh, 12 Monkeys plus La Jete, which are basically three films that are very similar plots in some ways, uh, and it would be part of our time uh, travel series. So that would be the podcast episode that we're thinking about doing on September 4th. If you'd like to know, do that, that would be great. Or if you'd like a watch party you'd like to do where we uh, talk over a movie, uh, let us know. And the best place to uh, give us your opinion on that is to go to Twitter. Our Twitter account is at Martini uh, Giant or uh, email us, which is podcast at martinigiant.com. So let us know what your thoughts are on September 4th. Would you like to see a podcast episode about time travel again? Or would you like to see a watch party? And if you have a watch party in mind, let us know about that too. 
and of course, remember to go to martinigiant.com for all of the information that you need, including going to our great merch store. Uh, and if you want to buy a mug, or I actually recently bought myself a uh, bath mat, which is a Martini Giant bath mat that says, like tears in the rain, which of course is a quote from Blade Runner. And I absolutely adore it. Anyway, that's enough about that. For now, please enjoy episode 73, The Long Good Friday plus Snatch. Xanax and Chardonnay. Oh yeah, that's nice. Remember that? That was the uh, that was a wedding band. <laughs> Xanax, Chardonnay. Xanax and Chardonnay. Let's get the bride and groom to the dance floor. Thanks, everybody, and don't forget. Xanax and Chardonnay. Xanax and Chardonnay does sound like a uh, 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 a song by Spa, uh, by uh, Spando Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That sounds about right. Isn't it? Spando Were you a ballet. fan of Spando Ballet? Me? Yeah. No. I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to cool music until I was in my 20s. Yeah. I had to catch up on all that stuff. What were you listening to in your teens? Oh, I was listening to REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon. I was yeah. listening to, I did, I did some, notes. yeah, I didn't do, I wasn't doing too well. I did, you know, I did Survivor. That was not so yeah, great. There you go. I mean, uh, I had some, I had some interesting, like there was some stuff that came on the radar. There was, and I did develop my sort of uh, like my soundtrack addiction, like uh, from listening to John Williams and whatnot mm-hmm. led to, stuff like philip glass and experimental music and i was listening sure. to that when i was young um but i really didn't break into what i should have been listening to in the 80s until uh the 90s i listened to a lot of synthesizer music like jean-michel Jarre specifically sure absolutely i was a huge vangelis fan yes vangelis as well I, I, you know i was next to vangelis i lived right next to him you lived <laughs> yeah. next to vangelis well not next to him, but he was yes he he was a greek guy that's Greece. yeah that's right i forgot yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, and then who else? Who else um, do we have that was interesting? Um, who else? Oh, I went through a John Cougar Mellencamp phase where I ended up buying way too many bandanas and tying them on various oh, nice. parts of my body. Yeah, Little Pink Houses, Ben. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So yeah, okay. There we go. Get Crow is a good album. I I I I enjoy him. I still enjoy him. I do. I think he had. I like him. He had a good voice and a yep. good storytelling. Yeah, it's like a super pop Bruce Springsteen. Yes, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's a very good legit. way of putting it. He was, he was legit enough. I liked him. I liked him. Yeah. More. And, uh, yeah, and then when, people... then when I got into Dire Straits, that's when I was like, okay, this is music. Love that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I mean, or like I didn't really appreciate things like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers until much later. Oh, oh yeah, really great. I was uh, describing Tom Petty uh, to my kids. It's like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers might be the most consistently good band of all time. Like, mm-hmm. there's maybe because everyone knows possibly a hundred of their songs, and they just don't know they know them. <laughs> they're just sort right. of like floating around the background in your life and you're like oh yeah like oh yeah like that one oh yeah that one too yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that was that was yeah it was, I, was, I was into guitars like anything that had a lot of guitar in yep. it i was into mm-hmm. that uh george thurgood not a great yeah. musician but a great guitarist <laughs> yeah true, true, true. <laughs> not, not great music but really cool guitar and I, then uh, i got to satriani 
for a oh, little Joe bit. Sutra. Surfing with the alien. Surfing yes. with the alien. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then who was yeah. the other guy? There was another guy from from Austin who was really good. Eric, you'd know him, who was another big like sort of uh Joe acoustic... No, but he was another acoustic guitarist kind of guy, kind of along the Satriani phase of things. Eric Johnson. Um, Eric Johnson, yes. There you go. I, have his I knew you would know. Like uh, Eric Johnson Strat. Yeah. Damn. Uh, nice. Well, it was a series he put out. I love yeah, it. It wasn't his guitar from his house. No. Yeah. Okay. Just to yeah. clarify for viewers who are hoping to maybe get that as a chat prize. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not happening. Okay. Let's see. Who do we got? Do we have anyone here? Uh, yeah. No. Not yet. But we're still recording. So. But we were just, we were just, you know. We're exactly. It's only just 301 now. Yeah, exactly. I've, you know, I've actually, I have to be honest, I've been getting back into uh, listening to Billy Joel's early stuff, thanks to um, the boys on Amazon, uh, Glass Houses, The Stranger. Early uh, Billy Joel, I really early like Bull, it. Early, early Billy Joel is great, right up in, until and including a lot of Nylon Kirk. I think mm -hmm. that yeah. pretty much that entire spread is great, like it's great, and then he stops being good. Like I, I know, no, yeah. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I don't mean to disparage him, but stay, he loses interest after not on the curtain. It was a little bit of that with our with REM too, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, they went from really great to they're pretty good. Yeah, they're <laughs> solidly pretty good. And um, Phil Collins went through that same transition. Yes, he did. Yeah, you know, actually, he went in and out of it. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, there's some Phil Collins. Oh my God, it's so good. Early, early Phil Collins, Genesis Phil Collins, and early Phil yeah. Collins were were terrific, and also Genesis Peter Gabriel and Peter Gabriel in general was great. Right. Uh, I just bought uh, a copy, a good copy of uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, uh, the video, the movie, yeah. and uh, and the, the soundtrack. Music, the soundtrack to that is mind expanding. Man, mm -hmm. oh man, that's so good. And it, also, that's one of the greatest goddamn movies I've ever seen. Like I, I was just like, I think this is my favorite Scorsese by a substantial distance. Like all the rest of the stuff, love it. Tax Driver, obviously, Goodfellas, fantastic. But like, I think Last Temptation really changed my brain in a core way that I wasn't prepared for when I saw it. Big, big king of comedy. King comedy, way up there, way up there. That it's weird that people didn't get into that one or um, After Hours till much later. Like that fun's was good over, one. Jerry. Fun, fun's over, Jerry. Jerry, the fun's <laughs> over. The fun's over, Jerry. <laughs> read, read the cards, please, Jerry. Come on. So good. Save the gum for later, please. I, I said I'll have gum, but just save it for later, please. No, thank you so much. Ma, I'm trying to talk trying here. To <laughs> uh, man, because now when I watch King of Comedy, I think that that is actually – a precursor to how I feel about a lot of the internet. <laughs> like, I think that uh, YouTube and King of Comedy have uh, a lot of things to do with each other. And to be honest, podcasting. <laughs> so what do you think of the Joker? Oh, the Joker, the movie? Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I have, um, I have a friend um, from Germany who is a huge fan. He has a podcast for a video game I worked on uh, called Thief. And, uh, he had me out to talk about that, but we ended up talking a lot about uh, his love of that movie, and uh, and he uh, he's a, he'd be an interesting guy to have on. He's in he's in healthcare and stuff like that, so he's interested in uh, sort of mental health issues. And Joker really uh, connected for him. 
Um, for me, like, I think that Joker was, like, I was really set for that to be a uh, groundbreaking, very upsetting movie. Yeah. Uh, because people's reactions to it were extraordinarily high strung like yeah. uh both both good and bad like people are just like this is game changing cinema and uh or like uh <laughs> one of the film sites i don't want like i don't want to bitch slap anybody but one of the major film sites i go to put up a review of joker saying no one should watch this film we're all going to be killed and i, I wrote to them saying you're ridiculous well, yeah. well we are we are gen x we don't get affected too much by things yeah and no one the thing is like there's <laughs> well, to be affected so by. everyone seems to overreact to things all the time it's, you know? it's right and like I, I actually this is part of how i'm feeling this week but like joker is uh joker i think is a is a really good superhero movie and it isn't a very impactful statement about anything it's just a pretty good superhero movie about a development of a villain and i was just like yeah it's pretty good it's like it's a little draggy like the plot doesn't, it doesn't move along very well, but there are scenes in it. They're terrific. And the photography is great. Beautiful. And, yeah. uh, and it, and it gets better and better as it goes along. Like it gathers itself, uh, as it goes along. And I thought that the ending was really quite great. So it was like, overall, it was like, this is it. This is a, a very, a nice, interesting, uh, very mainstream film that to me, nothing happened in it. That sh is shocking at all. Especially when you talk about stuff like Long Good Friday, <laughs> like I'm just like, well, we'll we'll, we'll get we into that. I do want to I do want to acknowledge our first time chat from our first time viewer. I think uh, Wilder X, uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, Wilder. right on, excellent, glad to see uh, some folks. So thank you for joining us for sure. And I believe <laughs> my good friend Torger has joined us as well. And I think that's us who I see in chat. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we can, uh, slow roll into the podcast. Uh, those of you who have joined, really appreciate you coming on board. I do have a couple things, um, that house I, cleaning? no, no house cleaning yet. I'm going to announce that I'm decided to, to try this beer today because of the nature of the English things we are actually going to be doing. I'm going to be drinking a barrel aged stout called oh, yeah. dragon's milk oh my god that's very <laughs> enticing very enticing dragon's milk yeah, i yeah. love a good stout i'm a stout fan and this Absolutely. is a, this is a barrel aged stout which also implies that it's going to be a little on the stronger side yeah it's good get some of that brandy infusion going on or whatever it's it, got there, it yeah. has an uh 11 which is pretty high for a beer that's two. That's two beers in one. <laughs> nice. That's good. So I'm looking let's, forward see, to. Let's see, let's see what this pour looks like here. We'll get it. This, I'm uh, looking forward to the opinions that generates. <laughs> yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. Not, what I also like about sort of barrel aged beer is that they're not too bubbly, so they don't make you feel too gassy. You know what I mean? But boy, this smells uh, like uh, this smells like molasses. It's like oh. There you go. That beers. looks lovely. That looks very, very lovely. Uh, yeah, that's that's potent. <laughs> it feels a little boozy. I'll tell you yeah, that. Okay, nice. <laughs> Let's get to it. Get <laughs> don't want to waste, don't wanna waste that gas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, right. right, right uh, here let's, we are. let's do a couple of announcements. Uh, we've got. Uh, 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 sorry for last week. I was out of town. It was just a little too complicated for us to try to do a Martini Giant recording last week. So we just took the week off. Hopefully, 
you guys uh, are cool about that. Matt, uh, I see that you subscribed on Prime with us, which is thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, I really fun. appreciate that. Uh, in fact, maybe, Matt, uh, we, uh, Eric, uh, because you're yeah. a subscriber, uh, you uh, are entitled to one of the sketches uh, for this that show Eric, for that Eric has done for for this show. So, go ahead and since uh, you're on, Eric, can you go okay, ahead and so show some of the drawings you got? Okay. So first one. Yeah. Can you see? Yeah. There okay. You go. That's number one. Number two, Bob Hoskins. Hey, nice. Okay. That's a good. Yeah, nice. that's good. I like it. Number three. Yeah. Mickey O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. Okay. Okay. So one, two, three. Okay. And you can pick from one, two, three, Matt. And if you would like either one of those, let us know right away. Tell us which one you want. And uh, just email us uh, podcast at martinigiant.com uh, with uh, the address, uh, and we will put it in the mailbox for you. Uh, and also want to uh, 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 Matt also brings up Joker could have been a, a spiritual sequel to Gigi Allen Hated, which is a punk punk rock documentary oh. by Todd, Phil Todd Phillips uh, that he did prior to obviously prior to everything. Uh, that is a really hardcore documentary. Yeah, and I was I you hit the hit it on the button, my friend. Like I wanted Joker to be that. <laughs> like I was just like fucking. Get it, let's get it on. Let's do this, you know. Right. And uh, and I think that like Todd Phillips is a really very talented director, and he's a, he's a he's a great visualist. He's a, he's really sensitive to like picking up on particular emotions that he really does bring it. Like the good stuff in Joker is because of where his interests lie, and uh, it's amazing that he's made such a great transition to uh, sort of polished pop stuff the way that he has. Um, but I very seriously miss. Because I'm a fan of movies like Smithereens and, uh, you know, fucking uh, uh, the uh, uh, what, what's up, uh, uh, the, the decline and fall of, uh, you know, like Western, Western civilization. civilization and the serious, uh, serious thing. And like, I always like to see that kind of influence be pulled into modern modern uh, pop filmmaking as much as it can. So I sort of psych myself up about Joker before I got to Joker and like the reviews sure. were fucking out of control. People were losing their minds. And I was, when I saw the movie, I was like, this is really not even as upsetting as like the dark Knight. It's pretty good. Like it's, it's a good movie. Um, but I was really, well, people I was should be offended. It's, it's wild. And they escalate, as what, they was escalate, the, what was the basis of the offense? That, uh, oh, that it's going to, it's going to make, make people, people go crazy people... and kill each other. Right, that people are going to get violent right. and inspired, inspired by the violence of. Whatever. And the what I think was really curious bullshit, about this, really. <laughs> it's, it makes me it gets me very frustrated. There's a lot that I have in my mind about that this week. But the um, what what makes me very frustrated is that the argument against Joker is that we should not countenance or uh, empathize with or have any forgiveness or sympathy for someone like the person who is represented in Joker, and I'm like. That is the that you are doing that is part of the thing that Joker is trying to describe as a vicious circle that we keep experiencing, and that it would actually be helped if we could practice empathy towards people that are that are unlikable 
uh, and da and dangerous people. Like if we could find a way to stop that cycle of reaction driving the negative uh, over and over and over again. And, it kind of uh, makes you want to go back to the reviews when King of Comedy came out because right. they they weren't as visceral. They just were like, it's so strange or right. odd. But there was so much more deeper than that. Well, and, like it, um, yeah, like I think it's because like I'm used to. And I don't want to slam people too hard on this. I'm used to this kind of reaction from the right, like from uh, the Tammy Faye Baker side of things, I guess. Uh, like this very like hit, like hyper reactionary, like we're like Dungeons and Dragons gonna have all the kids doing Satan stuff, you know? Like yes, okay, yeah, Tipper Gore stuff too. Tip, and but that's it. Like we have we have like all the people that I'm talking about who complained about this are not those guys. They're the other side and they're to you know they're my people essentially and more and more and more especially in the past few months but for me like very strongly this week out of the con film festival like it's amazing the amount of arch outrage that has just come up over random things and just like we should never have done this kind of stuff. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with get what what's going on? <laughs> well, I think part of it is that everyone's been cooped up for a year. So I That's think that has something to do with because people are just absurd right now. And I think yep. it's because they literally have been locked in yeah. a closet for a year. I, I am literally in the closet that I've been locked in. That was, that was before the closet situation was happening. And Matt Wilder uh Wilderbricks, I'm gonna call him Wilderbricks. Uh, 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 the the email to send it is podcast at martinigiant.com. Just go ahead and email us there, and I will double check to make sure that uh, we get, get that email. over to you. Thanks for will, joining us, man. That's great. Yeah, stuff. thanks Already for joining us. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for subscribing. Anyone else who, uh, just to let everyone know, and I'll remind you a couple of times, uh, basically, anyone who subscribes to us, we will be mailing you. Uh, anywhere in the world, we will be mailing you a sketch that Eric has created uh, uh, for the podcast. What were you doing uh, sketches of, Eric, that uh, that we are covering this week? <laughs> the slow roll the, uh, Matt, already, Matt, Matt already claimed the, the Mickey one, so he wants that. Which one okay. does he want? Mickey. The, yeah, the number three, Mickey. Yeah, Number three. Yeah. Number right. three. Yeah, so that is um, – and it has a quote on it from the show. It says – now try to look like a fighter, and then says, "Drink, talk, drink." Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, correct us if that's the wrong one, but that looks absolutely fantastic. And, yeah. uh, and then this one was a quickie, but proven people with nerve, knowledge, and expertise. Drink, talk, drink. Oh, look at that, dude. God, see that's if I were in chat, I would pick that one because as and I then said you earlier, need this that one. Guy I is like also an Outland. <laughs> mm -hmm. You need this one. It's like you need a million dollar computer to understand this. In the million dollar computer, I'm saying, just understand this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I apologize to anybody from the UK who I offend by constantly doing this impression the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> so let's talk about what movies we are covering today. We are covering The Long Good Friday, who directed by I just oh, lost his name. Sorry, I have all just lost his name. Yeah, yep. um, Wilkins, um, Wilkinson. I believe that's correct. So embarrassing one, but I'm over. I'm now 50 years old, so I'm not going to yeah. apologize. And starring Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren, a couple other interesting people. 
Great synth music in this. Along Good Friday by directed by John McKenzie and written by Barry Keefe. And yeah, boy, boy. John McKenzie also did the Fourth Protocol and the Last of the Finest in a Sense of Freedom. But this is the one that he is rightfully remembered for because it's one of the all-time great crime films in my opinion it's good uh, it's good it's good uh, good good uh, good stuff yeah that's yeah. A, that's a hell of a picture and uh so yes we're doing long good friday and and then snatch yes guy Ritchie's guy Ritchie's uh, snatch breakout guy Ritchie's snatch also known as madonna oh my god oh no, we can't endorse that that's I can't horrible endorse that. i can't believe you <laughs> said that that's horrible uh <laughs> yes guy Ritchie for me obviously broke out with lock stock and two smoking barrels but i think most people are familiar with snatch i think that's the big hit because right. that's when he got like talent like uh brad pitt involved and and it gets uh he gets to be a hot commodity i love snatch snatch is truly truly hysterical uh and uh it was very funny yeah, yeah that's a very funny movie and uh uh brad it uh like weirdly this served this sort of part of a uh brad pitt retrospective for me a lot of movies i've been watching are brad pitt centric in the past two weeks and i was just watching this when i was like he is my favorite actor of all time I think I've crested into realizing that Brad Pitt is my all-time favorite he's, actor. Uh, he's I, pretty freaking good, I gotta yeah. say. He has the widest range. You realize the genius of him. Honestly, yeah. he yeah. he was so damn good in this. Yeah. Uh, and it was effortless. Like he, his looks, his physicality, his uh, sense of timing and humor yes. is like unbelievably good. He and, goes uh, for it. He just goes for it, and he just fucking finds it every time. Like, I can't think of a performance where I didn't like didn't follow him down the hall. I'm just like this guy who just brings it every single time he's out. It's amazing. And this movie was like so different. I just I just watched uh, Seven, you know, a couple of days ago, and I was like, that's the same fucking guy. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in uh, 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh God, yeah, masterpiece. masterpiece. Right? Yeah, Cliff Booth. Yeah. God, dude. Possibly the he's, best he's so team good. up ever between two movie stars in that I've ever seen is DiCaprio and him in that movie. I've never I've never loved a pairing of big time stars more than that. That's just more that. than Heat. Uh, Heat was yeah. damn good. I'm gonna you know this is gonna be this is gonna be controversial because people know that Heat is like one of my all time like top. But two you movies. think DiCaprio and Pitt is a better ultra movie star pairing than uh uh than de niro and yes. uh okay yeah there was it was yes. cliche and heat well it was you know, so cliche it's, especially with the two in a diner I'm, it was like I'm, oh come you're on you're never gonna hear me say a bad word about heat it's one of my top two favorite films of all time i've seen it a zillion times but i will say they're only on screen together for seven minutes so it's That's hard right. to judge their chemistry. Right. But those seven <laughs> minutes are super intense and super in your face. No, they're fucking they're incredible. And yeah, Heat's perfect. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like I could watch them together forever. For like if you had that show on for 13 seasons, I would buy the entire set. Like it's I, just the greatest. You know I have mixed feelings about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure. But you also know that I really, really loved the slowness of the most of the beginning of it the, the hangoutness right the, the hangoutness yes, and the absolutely. character building and the development of those characters absolutely. and the slowness was like really enticing and then to the end is like oh come on 
Yeah, it's that elegant. That was my problem. That that's, was my problem. Uh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, like, I never, I, like, people can like or not like the movie, but like in the the joy that that movie is built for is enormous. Like, that's sure. a movie you're just going to watch on Sunday afternoon forever. It's just fucking hysterical watching those guys interact. Um, and I'm also in the middle of reading the novel, the novelization that he wrote. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just terrific. It's just I'm going to say, speaking of Sunday afternoon, uh, for some reason, uh, while I was watching Snatch, uh, I was watching it on Amazon, the Amazon Prime app on my laptop, mm-hmm. and it has the quote-unquote x-ray mode. Do you know what that x-ray mode? Have you know, seen that x-ray yeah. mode? It's actually, sometimes it's pretty cool. But anyway, it put, popped up with some trivia, and it said that uh, one of Brad Pitt's favorite movies is Saturday Night Fever. Oh yeah, nice mix. And I was like, I, I kind of. That's a good movie, though. I, I, I it love is a very good movie. It's a really good movie. John. My favorite movies, yeah. There's really something movie. extraordinary about that film, and yeah. highly underrated because people just think it's oh, it's just Travolta dancing in the Bee Gees. No. Yeah, well, so yeah. Much more than that. First of all, let's not knock the Bee Gees, who are fucking totally. Incredible. I understand, <laughs> but that's all they know. That's this, all they know, right? Yeah, exactly. And this uh, that comes the the view, the negative view of that movie comes from in. No one remembers this. Like now, the uh, disco is thought of as like super hip and really cool. Like in the nineties, in the eighties and nineties, disco was considered a joke. Like yes. it was an embarrassment that went yeah. through that phase. And uh, so everyone made jokes about disco. Like this is shameful that this happened and stuff like the Bee Gees got thrown under the bus. ABBA got thrown under the bus just consistently in all media. And part of that is Saturday Night Fever, which has great music in it and is a legit excellent movie. Yes. which just like, Oh, it's disco. Fuck that. And then written off as a shitty movie. It's a great movie. That's great. right. And it was parodied as such as well. Yes. Exactly. In, really... in, in airplane, for instance. In airplane. Yep. <laughs> that is pretty good stuff. That's pretty right. Good stuff. But it it is it tells a story that is absolutely fantastic. It was uh, also that was based on a, a magazine article. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what right. I heard. yeah in like I'm New York gonna, magazine. I'm gonna put it's it in the life of times of a Saturday night uh uh here. Let me look it up. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm gonna say uh uh uh, hello to uh, EGZ293. Hi, guys. Joining from Norway for a little while. Uh, won't stay on uh, for the whole thing. It's past midnight. Thank you, Norway. <laughs> Your dedication is absolutely yep. inspiring. Thank you. I was right. The story yeah. is based on, quote, Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night, an oh, article nice. written by music writer Nick Cohn, first published in June of 1976 issue of New York Magazine. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Hey, we should cover that one. I'm surprised we haven't covered that one yet. I remember watching a videotape of it, and I I saw a boom and a shot. It's long been corrected, but I was like, wait a minute. Hey, by the way, I want to let the EJZ know that he gave me a a V-Ray teapot T-shirt about 20 years ago, and I still have it. Yeah, nice. Still wear it. Just let you know. uh, Thank you for giving that T-shirt to me about 20 years ago at SIGGRAPH. Still hanging in there. Still hanging in there. Right. right. Uh, cool. Uh, okay. So, um, so how do we want to jump into this? Do we want to jump into the Long Good Friday first? Get into that. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm into it. We can. As far as I'm concerned, we can just we can, we can slow roll the whole day. I'm just I'm having a little time. Oh my god, that sounds. So this came out. This was actually. I think it came out in 1979, but released in 1980 or something or something something like that. Yeah, I think that's right. Because yeah. they were going to, like, 
I think the the they're going to package it for TV or something. I had uh, I had br- br- briefly read, like yep. they had no confidence in this movie at all. They were going to release it in America. It's like <laughs> dubbed Bob uh, dubbing Bob Hoskins, which is like <laughs> like it gives me the chills to think about that. <laughs> like dubbing Bob Hoskins because they they were like American audiences aren't going to understand them, so we should dub oh. him with a more understandable actor. And like now I can see that with Harvey Keitel and Saturn Three, but. Can you imagine like scratching a record like with a nail harder than dubbing over Bob Hoskins in Long Good Friday? No, <laughs> that his voice is so important to that. Like that's like saying, you know what this this uh, this steak needs? Ketchup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. That's yeah, horrible. That is bad for everybody. Bad. You know, it's funny. There was a because we watch a lot of. Uh, you watch a lot of Frasier here, as you know. There's a there's an episode of <laughs> Frasier where uh, Bob Hoskin is the guest on it. Oh, okay, yes. really? Do you remember that episode or not? I do. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I was a huge Frasier fan. I'm not as big a fan of Frasier as yourself. As, as Brady is, yeah, no, but <laughs> but I'm up there. But but the story is that basically Frasier is dating uh, this woman who happens to be a gym teacher, and he witnesses her yelling at one of her uh, uh, middle school students to climb the rope. And it gives him a flashback of anxiety because he was yelled at as a kid by his uh, gym teacher who is played by Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <funny. laughs> and he's got this big cigar and he's got an American accent in it too, right. which is really good. And he starts like, come on, Crane, climb the freaking rope. Come on, Crane. Okay. He's doing his, so, uh, his Roger Rabbit. Uh, style he, his Roger character. Rabbit thing. Exactly. And then so, and then suddenly like, you know, he's terrified. And then the rest of the episode, his girlfriend is played by Bob Hoskins because that's what he sees her as. But right. she, he's acting like his girlfriend goes, you think this outfit's a little racy? I thought so. You know, he's <laughs> like washing him in a bathtub and reading poetry to him. But it's Bob Hodgkins who's actually doing it. It's really. God bless that dude. Yeah, he is a vessel. Fill it with your love. <laughs> I uh, like. I think that like Bob Hoskins could have gone on just doing British crime stuff for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. perfectly happy. Mona Lisa is when I yeah. first. Oh right, yeah, Mona Lisa is up there as well. Yeah, that's a Neil Jordan movie. I yeah. think people are interested. Uh, yep. That's a good movie. He's great in that. Um, but uh, yeah, he starts once he gets uh, uh, picked up by uh, Roger Rabbit. Roger then, Rabbit. Like, like that's when he goes off on his sort of Hollywood tour. He still does a lot of good work. Um, right, but like the shining light of his career to me is still Long Good Friday, which is yes. indelible. Absolutely. Now, how much has he done? How much did he do before this? I don't think a lot. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look it up. I will look it up right now. The um, uh, he was definitely not like a ho- some sort of household name. He'd been, I think, in a TV. He'd been in Pennies from Heaven for TV. Oh, I, I love think. that. That was a really good one, man. Yeah. Pennies yeah. from Heaven TV version yep. is that writer who got who was very sick all the time. Um, who who yeah. wrote that? Um, yeah. uh, that, that uh, what is his name? But yeah, Pennies from Heaven. I love the Steve Martin one, but the TV one is really good. Oh yeah, like I think that like I actually re- really recommend people watch the like I think the Steve Martin one is awesome and very disturbing. Like that's a really yes. strange, upsetting movie which I love. Um, and uh, the 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 TV version I haven't seen like this since like so, some time ago, <laughs> like BBC. Um, but uh, it's you know it's very it's much more enjoyable. It's much more 
much more fun. Um, let's see the, I'm pretty sure it's okay. Yes. So I'm looking back 1991 and uh, blah, blah, blah. Pennies from heaven. Okay. So pennies from heaven is 78. Robert down. Yeah. No, actually he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in a lot. It looks like he's in a ton of BBC stuff. Uh, just, uh, doesn't really hit it big until, uh, pennies from heaven really. Um, and then after that, it's long, good Friday. Um, he plays Iago in uh, Othello for looks for BBC again. Uh, then he's in Brazil, Mona Lisa. And then uh, and then he goes into his uh, U.S. tour, which brings us Hook and. Uh, oh, right. that's right. Yeah, Hook is Hook. I oh. I know a lot of people love Hook. Not Hook. It does, doesn't work for me very it much. Kind of barbless really Hook is what it yep. was. I remember liking when I first saw it. Yeah, I'd have to see it again. But yeah, Get it's it? like oh, that's it. a fishing joke. No one cares about barbless that. Barbless Hook. <laughs> that's, a comic book slips right off. Nope, doesn't matter. Uh, um, uh, okay. Uh, first of all, just uh, logistically, Eric. I uh, thank you, Matt. I got your email with your uh, your your address, and I forwarded it to Eric, and uh, he will be email uh, putting that uh, drawing in the mail for you. And thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, okay, so this movie is uh, 1980. Uh, it has uh, uh, it also has Helen Mirren, who is plays a very powerful female character. In oh, this. she's great! She's great, and yeah. she nails it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> now Helen, it. Helen Mirren still looks good in her, I believe, mid 70s right now. But she is very. But she kind of nails it. She 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 outshines Hoskins. She's yeah, like, she does. she's she's electric. Design, the, the design. Together, incredible. Yeah, I think that's the point of her, right? Is the right. fact is that she's like everyone else is kind of a little bit of an idiot. Yeah, a and little bit like, one-dimensional, she's, and she's yeah. the one who's got the most depth. She by is design. the one who starts to see the big picture as to like what is going on. You know, like she's like like she is like she is she is much more of a a, uh, a the smart the actual smart character rather than Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins is because he's so myopic about what he is. Very myopic. Yeah. Like it's not that he's not a smart guy, but he is only thinking of the, he's trying to engage with the big wide world and he is right. Only got his eyes centered right here. And so he can't right. see what's happening. Uh, and, uh, and I think that like, let's say to, to uh, let's see, sum up this movie very quickly. It is an English uh, rather a, a British gangster drama. Bob yes. Hoskins is a gangster. He He's is a gangster boss, more specifically. Gangster boss. But a he traditionalist, too. Very right. traditional. Old Where everyone has their own territories, and I'm doing right. my own thing, and I'm trying to sort of... The other thing he's trying to do is he's trying to get involved in quote-unquote legit business and right. make a lot of money based right. on the Olympics Never, coming right. to coming to London in 1988. Right. Right. So that was his thing. It's like, he's, take, thinking buying, he's thinking of the future. Right. Yeah. Real, he's trying to buy a bunch of real estate and get a bunch of money and investors and try to go quote unquote legit. Right. But it, he's basically clearly a, a mobster. Right. right. He's strong uh, his way uh, into the position he has in his life. Like he is, right. a, he is, I mean, he is a uh, violent racist, uh, yeah. uh, alcoholic, uh, uh, right. terrible, terrible person, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, but he has this image of himself as kind of a, uh, a hero, a hero, uh, right. And that he is bringing a hero for the people, the working class, exactly, the working exactly. class people. Right. And now Helen Muren is like the voice of, I'm going to take us 
because they are a couple technically mm -hmm. to the the high class legit world right? right right and this can be seen through several things one and this is very important because i think this happens a lot in british films and in british culture in general uh specifically their accents mm -hmm. she has an accent there's class levels based on their accent and his on, accent yes. is clearly lower class accent oh yeah oh my god yeah it's right. like what's it, he has this line where he goes like uh what's it what's he says something i, I wrote it down it was really really good it was like he says uh yeah he's i'm gonna bring culture and sophistication yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like right okay <laughs> by the way what i was gonna say earlier but I saved it when they were on the boat and they were uh, having drinks and the guy from New Jersey with his attorney was there, the American, mm -hmm. it was, who was the mafia. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah, to bring money to the project. There was right. a moment there. I swear it was exactly, I think like during um, this is uh, or spinal tap where they like tap in to America with tap Sir Dennessy to America. America. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, they, that scene was identical. No, it's so and it's just, they must've been like, let's just do that long goodbye scene let's where they're in the boat. Like tap <laughs> right. into so, with Sir Dennis Eaton hog. Sir Dennis Eaton hog. Yeah. Oh, right. That's so good. I quote that all the time. The videos that's from. By the way, it yeah, it's America. Well, the, let's 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 preface a little bit like the, the movie actually starts because I don't know how many people have seen this movie or are going to see it or whatever. But let's, at the beginning of the movie, this actually starts off with there's some money shuffling going on. So there's a delivery of money that's going to happen at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And the guy, um, you know, is going to deliver brings a suitcase off the boat and brings it onto a car and looks at opens up the suitcase and takes a, a couple of you know a <laughs> couple of uh things of of bills pocket some dough from the suitcase pocket some dough from the suitcase and then hands off the suitcase to the other thing and then goes to the pub right turns out that's a mistake <laughs> right. turns out that that's a mistake then goes to the pub to hit on dudes right mm -hmm. now the thing that's interesting about it is that you know, 1980 the 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 look of hitting on dudes especially when you pair that with the music choices that were had a creepiness to it and a and a and a sleaziness to it and a uh uh feeling to it which was not quite you know being a homosexual today is perfectly fine i don't think that the movie feels very i don't think that the filmmakers feel terribly judgmental about it like i think that the that the it like a, it was about it was a setup because no yeah. but they, but yeah but they made it they made it look like this is his weakness is boys right and right. and he's a right. pervert because right. he likes boys yeah they put they put that out there a little bit so right. it was a thing where it's like yeah he's gonna hit on boys right? right which is an important part of the plot by the way in terms of the, the process but uh anyway then it's a little confusing what happens by design, mm -hmm. but they count the money. Obviously, some money's missing, and then a whole bunch of people get killed, uh, including the driver uh, who drove the guy with the suitcase. But the guy with the suitcase leaves, goes back to London, and uh, and then suddenly some sh some shit starts going down that you realize, like, wait, that's not quite right. But Bob Hoskins is having this big fancy party with French chefs, right? in his in his in his yacht on the on the thames very showy uh, very, very showy, showy. Mm -hmm. and by the way helen murin is speaking perfect french to the chef that's another trait that i want right. to note that her, like you know she is classy 
right? She is, she is a, a sort of old world uh, legitimizing right. presence in his life. Yes. Like, she is she is uh, thinking globally. She is uh, uh, she is fluent in other she, languages. She, she vacations in Khan. Let's just put it yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm gonna set the plant the flag here. Uh, this movie is about the downfall of, of England. England. Yes. Yeah. Like that yes. is what this movie is about. Period. Oh, because it was <laughs> actually it's mentioned several times. England yeah. is joining the EU. Yes. That is what it's about. Right. This and, is the uh, interesting part he's of trying that. to broker a deal with the Americans. Yes. Yeah, as awkward as his speech was and a little goofy, it's mm. it still said it, it was that's the point. It yep. was. Right. It was the demise of England and it, the working class and it's the most um, Brexit movie possible. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is. Well, what's what's genius about this? I mean, like it's because I I'm, I think that the the movie is how can I say this? Like because Bob Hoskins is a greedy racist scumbag, uh, uh, and is the I hero. don't. Well, I, I, I didn't I don't necessarily that. call him well, scumbag is, because he's too ignorant to be just, a scumbag. Yeah, no, this, I this, just thought of him as somebody who who really truly cared for tradition because his yes. mother and, but he was totally well, out of his, he was very was sympathetic too. <laughs> Ill equipped to handle the future of what the yes. future brings. Like he is, he is very like, it is, uh, it does not endorse his racism and it does not endorse his violence. Like it's, it sees these things as major flaws that contribute to his downfall. Right. Uh, and the fact that he's locked into this uh, class system view is hampering his ability to see what's actually happening in the world uh, right. also leads to his downfall. So I don't think that the movie is not pro-Brexit. It is rather very empathic towards people that are pro-Brexit. Like it's kind of like you guys are I, not really understanding how the world is changing around you. I, um, I, I agree. I was kind of joking about that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So just to clarify for folks. And yeah, so like, yeah. and, uh, and this, but movie, it's also in the same vein for me as get Carter. Sure. Where it really is, is like we are a very, a country on the downward yes. spiral. Right. Yes. But I think, you know, you know, as opposed to Get Carter, and I mentioned this several times, Get Carter was a hard plot to follow because it was a little bit disjointed right. in terms of what was going on. Although world building was superior, was, was in some ways superior. I, I'm more Carter. referring to the the environment you're and right, a lot of you're right. the, the world building yeah, is really characters. really really strong in get carter and you really you you felt the weight you felt the weight of the oppression of the working class yes. in london right in this one you don't feel it as much you just sense it peripherally because you're paying attention to the plot which is you know very systematic in a sense there's right. definitely that that clock is ticking yes. yes and what's interesting they were really and they were taken out by the irish Really, at, at the end, and it's like, right? Spoiler it's alert, like that's a punchline in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but, at the, but at the end, it's like he just couldn't. Yeah, His idea right. was right. He couldn't adapt. This is and, the, the the common thread between these two movies is the Irish, which is interesting as well. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, the uh, to like to sum up the sum up the overall plot, he is trying to make a broker deal with the American mafia to uh, secure um, the London docks. Uh, for uh, a legitimate future for his gangster, well, like for his gangster crew to sort of be elevated into legitimate right. businessmen. And he called his he called his gangster crew Worf, the corporation, Worf the corporation. Yeah, right. And, yeah, it's uh, probably Wharf Harbor where the where the London Eye end up being and all that other shit. Right. 
right? The the award. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those that um, famous. Uh, I'll look it up, look it up. But the point is, yes, it's uh, it's definitely there was. It's you know, I watched. I've seen it a lot, and I remember seeing that movie. Um, it's it's definitely. I feel like there's some moments where some of the actors, particularly sidekicks, really made it feel like a uh, almost like a Rockford Files. Yeah, this is interesting because they uh, remember I, I said that they were originally going to or they were going to try and release this as a TV movie. I think mm -hmm. there's a the flaw to this movie is that it's shot like a TV movie, but yeah. uh, like but I think it's a weird because I, I don't like the photography is very flat and dull, uh, but I think that there's and I don't think that's intentional. I think that it's just not a very good looking movie. But I think that the bonus you get out of that is what you said, Chris, which is like because of that you're not thinking grandly or peripherally at all. Like you're just thinking about yeah. what's in front of you and which right. is exactly what Bob Hoskins is doing. I don't think that's intentional, but I think no. it is part of why the movie works so well. But what's interesting also is if you, the, the, the characters of these movies, right. And, and you can tell their level of sophistication in terms of how they fit into the world, either the new world of, uh, you know, more educated, sophisticated or the old world of the working class, right. mostly based on, the way they speak absolutely right their yeah, accents, the accent, yeah, accents exactly. are so telling and there's right. in between accents that sort of have them in between right and and, and, and to and, have like both between him and mirren right is one right. step and then to have the americans come in like the americans sound like they're from a it was different cliche movie. yeah they're from yeah, a different movie, a, right yeah, it right. was totally that's where the Rockford files was. <laughs> right. You get all you get right. all of that Rockford. You know, it's like the little <laughs> clips they showed at the beginning of Rockford Files. Okay. I want that Rockford now. Yeah. Right. Right. Car in a parking garage. <laughs> right. It was right, 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 right. Totally that. But, but it, it uh, reemphasizes that that weird class classes and uh, separate world nature of it. Right. There, so, so there's a couple of interesting characters. There's one guy who's uh, I'm forgetting all their names in the in the movie, but there's one guy who's uh, his his heavy who's what is the stitches or what was his name? Something like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that, I think it was something about like stitches or something yeah, yeah. like that, or blades or something. Right. You know, really right. ridiculous name. We get uh, all the really ridiculous names when we get to snatch. When we get to snatch, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and then there's the other guys uh, that was interesting, right? So one of them is the the gay guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, who who definitely has a, a more sophisticated voice, but you know, obviously has a weakness for young men. And he has sort of a, a Euro style to him, like a Euro like, style right? to him, right? He is and played then, by the guy who played the villain in Raiders of the Lost Ark. The guy who played oh, the right, Lost yes, who played right. the, the French guy. That's French guy yeah. in in Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark. That's God. absolutely right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I love that guy. That's how I know him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was it's exactly that. It's like, what's the <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jones. Right. Right. Ah, exactly. right. They would use a bulldozer. Jones. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Jans, once again, something to fall into my hands. <laughs> <once was yours. laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, mm -hmm. like that's like, like the casting is really curious in that guy. Cause I mean, that's like that dude, uh, like oh, it does. That's right. Take a day 3D. Hey, base 3D is here. Yeah. No, I can <laughs> Um, because like uh, like that that actor that character actor does have a sort of European quality to him, not, meaning non-British yes. quality, just yeah. in his face. Which uh, is why they made him gay, right? Well, this this <laughs> like there's like there's they're building a sort of 
And this it actually out. wasn't great casting because he, the way Hoskins described him in the pool area, is like, you know, we grew up together. We we're mates. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we and it was like the foxhole together. Right. It was like rubbing <laughs> didn't really match. <laughs> Well, yeah. That, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like I think that there's a. It's hard to tell what's intentional in the production of this movie, but like it is like there's they're trying to separate the, all this stuff into separate worlds, you know, through right. language and through uh, certain cultural identifiers and stuff like this that uh, that are that not only remain separate, but like it's really surprising to Hoskins when that there's a rupture between his world and that world. You know, right. and uh, and and I, I think that like some of it must be on purpose, but like it's a weird way to do it. Like what, like the photography. I'm just like I don't think anyone sit, sits down to shoot a movie badly. You know, that's sort of a hard choice to make, uh, right. but it does play into why the movie works so well. And because like the the sort of the cast system that uh, uh, that the UK has according to uh, class is extremely or at least especially at the time extremely rigid right like super duper rigid right and for well that's because um, it has so much more history than ours yes does. exactly and well and bob hoskins says i'm you know i'm not a criminal i'm a businessman with a sense of history right that's like that's his that's his big line and i'm <laughs> just like to america yes <laughs> <laughs> happened to america right and it's like that is the that's the central uh, sort of that's his core and his flaw like he obviously doesn't have a sense of history because he should know that he is not allowed to change his class. Like that is how the class system works. You're st stuck there. And he thinks because he has risen up from nothing to here that he can go from here to here. And he cannot like they, no one's going to As let him do opposed to that. the Americans. Yeah. You know, right. In one right. generation, they rule a city from yeah. just coming from, you know, uh, I'm going to from, from yeah, except from nothing. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to talk. I'm going to. I'm going to get into why it's called the Long Good Friday in a second, as an mm -hmm. important part of the Long Good Friday. But uh, before we do that, Matt Wilder has a question. Uh, do you believe that Stephen Graham is Hoskins 2.0? Stephen Graham. Okay, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm skipping on Stephen Graham. Hang on, Stephen Graham. All right. It's. It's. It's sad though. I have to watch. Uh, Oh yeah, there you go, Stephen Graham. Yes, Stephen Graham is Hoskins. That's Hoskins two point Yes, uh, Stephen Graham. If you look him up, you'll see him. You'll recognize him instantly as from Snatch. <laughs> right. Who and, played Tommy on Snatch? Uh, Tommy on Snatch. Yeah. And, but he uh, was definitely not Hoskins when he played Tommy. No, no. But he yeah. became Tommy versus Hoskins later, possibly. Yes. No. He's, Maybe. Uh, uh, the, the, yeah. He's. That's interesting. It's a really interesting comparison because yeah, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Know, just England. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No. I think that. Like. Yeah. That's. That's a reasonable comparison right there. I think that's interesting. Right. Um. And because uh, I love like I'm. It's like once you get into Pirates of the Caribbean, man, be careful. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Like I understand there's a draw there, but try to hang on to your roots yeah. <laughs> cash with yeah. more of a cash withdrawal so. yeah exactly because like you sooner or later you yeah. end up in, in super mario brothers and you're like well, yeah. what happened well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah or, no, or, or ben affleck doing armageddon oh, okay so, so uh, a couple of, so so what so what happens in the, in the in the plot is he just gives his big speech about everything by the way this is on good friday mm -hmm. and we know this because his mother goes to church in his rolls royce right mm -hmm. uh and it's big speech about what's going on uh, about uh about how they're gonna be the the center of culture 
and sophistication, yeah. right? <laughs> so terrible. Like, it's so right? great that they leveraged the language. Yeah, again. He was so yeah. offended that they did that, like right. on a day, a holy day, and with his mother at church. Right. They don't know what happened because they haven't said it yet. Yes. So what happens on that day is they basically, uh, there's a bunch of murders that happen, including the fact that his mother was at church, but then there's a bomb that happens in his car. Luckily, his mother was not in the car, but yep. the driver was. The driver was there. And so one, one, of his, one of his hoodlums was in the car and blew up inside of his Rolls Royce. Right. And so he's trying to make a deal with the Americans, and suddenly his guys are getting like blown up, and it's just like left and right, right right and the and other guy that thinks- to gather up all these forces like get all these right. sort of gangs together to uh to cut into his own collective he is immediately suspicious that it's one of his own guys trying to right. fuck up the deal right and the other thing well hold on there and then also his 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 gay best friend guy mm-hmm. is at the uh you know at the pool and uh runs into a very young look uh, uh pierce, pierce brosnan, brosnan. Yes. who is there and uh basically is tries that to pierce hit pierce brosnan yes. wow. we can just stop for a second if you say google pierce brosnan uh long uh good friday and be prepared for one of the hottest men you have ever seen in yeah, your life yeah he's definitely on, he's definitely like yeah. <laughs> he will he will make, oh, he if, oh. if you're not gay you will become gay very that easily dude is <laughs> hot stuff hot yeah. stuff in that scene hot stuff yeah. like, like, no wonder why they wanted to play in james bond i was like why didn't we yeah. have that guy yeah <laughs> he was uh, but hardly but he's definitely a secondary character but he runs yeah. into him and he follows him up to the showers you know because that's what men do um and uh then when he goes up there he ends up getting stabbed and killed right yeah. and so suddenly it's a setup as you can quickly figure out right. uh but we go through this whole process and several people are getting off and then they discover an unexploded bomb in the in in hoskins casino and it's like oh shit things are going bad it's like right in the middle of me making this deal someone's trying to screw me out of this deal crikey 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 so they're basically, is it one of my men? Is it the Americans who are testing me? And it's all this, they're getting really, really pissed off about Jittery. it. Jittery. Yeah. Jittery, right? And it but, gets worse and worse and worse as things go on. Like putting me in the ice cream truck and going out like a raspberry ripple. <laughs> that was the line. I love that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. I can't even, the best how do you even film that without ripple. being like, like we can't go on. It's too perfect. And Torger also <laughs> said, "Go ahead and Google Pierce Brosnan in uh, Matador boots." Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, that baby. Here we go. Here we go. So, uh, so all right. So, so basically, I mean, I'm trying to sum it up a little bit because we're a little bit behind time on that. And not that I really care, but the a lot more as they're trying to wine and dine and look sophisticated more shit and more bombs, more murders are happening around them. And he's slowly losing control over everything that's going on. Right. He's suspecting everyone around him. He starts to suspect a bunch of guys uh, that are not part of it. Uh, and uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, guy three. Uh, oh my God. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, in your Twitch stream, you'll see Dave 3D put a link of uh, Pierce Brosnan from The Long Good Friday, and that is just Jesus about right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Hot diggity. Yep. Look at that, man. Look at him. Yeah. Yep. Magnificent. Yeah, there he That's is. That's the one time a uh, small bathing suit would look great. I'm just saying. Yeah, Speedos right work. There. Speedos work. That, that does the trick. I'm just saying. So, anyway, we can continue. That, uh, nice. 
So hot guy murders dude in pool. Fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I, you also that. have to check out the link that, that a Torger sent <laughs> that put it there. Which I am going to uh, of uh, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who is only listening to this, it is Pierce Brosnan so and Matador Boots strolling boldly along. In, in, uh, yeah, in, that was in, a good, in, I like that movie. Lobby. It looks like a hotel that's, lobby at the at the that's just there. in Mexico. Yeah. In, yeah, that, yeah. that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. The Matador. For anyone who wants yeah. to check that one out, that's good. I love I love Brosnan. Brosnan was awesome. Yeah. Fun. But yeah, this uh, I, I I had forgotten that that was Brosnan in this movie, and it would sort of popped out at me. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. That's yeah, totally wow. So um, it's so a lot of shits going down that happens at this point, and you're sort of trying to follow along. And they do, you know, while he's it's it's very hard for for Hoskins because he's basically like trying to play the sophisticated person and you know leaning heavily on Helen Mirren to. Mm-hmm be the voice of you know the the nice hostess making it all guests. work out right make it all work out it's like oh it was a gas Cover leak it wasn't a bomb exactly. it was a gas leak yeah don't well, worry by the way hotel. honestly that, i always remember that explosion i it's almost like uh they, they were friends with a developer it's like well we're putting a mall here it's like yeah bust it up that building don't 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 blow let's blow it up ourselves for the film Oh yeah, and right. it was, and it was awesome because everything has, around it is empty and like construction. Crews. Yeah, they just detonate and it really blows up. You're just like that is that's real. That's a real build. That's not like you know. Like, yeah, they basically took the, 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 the building. I think it was probably an abandoned building, and they just put some yeah, facade totally stuff right. on it to make it oh, look yeah. like a like a like a like a pub, and then they said, "Let's just blow it up." Yeah, for sure. And I I've seen it like like uh, oh, yeah. and like uh, I was going to say the, the name of the place is the Lion and the Unicorn, and that oh, is Bob Hoskins and and Marin. Like that is like she right. is the she is essentially the unattainable England that he will never get back ever. Right. Like and um which by the way, I just to jump the gun a little I, bit. It's this, like you did, you've overread it, but it's true. It's true. And it's true, and I'll tell you why it's true. This movie has one of my top five favorite lines of all time. And it's the, the very one line he goes, Hello. 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 So, so you know, nobody does it like Hoskins. The uh, hello, <laughs> the, uh, no, the last line hello. of this movie. The last line of this movie is sums up the entire movie so perfectly. But we'll get to it in a second. I just need to say that uh, that it blows my mind. When I, that's the moment when I was like, I was unprepared for this movie. Is what Bob Hoskins right. says in the very end of this film. Just blows right. my mind. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, he's try He he he. He rounds up a bunch of guys. Uh, I believe we're Irish, right? Uh, yes. Any, any, yeah. but they're they're wrong Irish people, shall we say? Right. Um, but he he does that, and uh, he finds oh, and he but oh, he also has the cops uh, uh, in his pocket as well. Yeah, he's, he's trying been, to like he's, he's trying to beat the, the shit cops. out of everybody. Right. But he's been right. paying off the cops, and the he's cops are like, them. "What the fuck are you doing? These guys have nothing to do with it." And, and then he's like, "Just stay out of it. This is this is way bigger. This is political. It's not, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera." So, uh, and Bob Hoskins can't think outside of the fact like this is business, and someone's trying to screw me, right? But that well, isn't the actually old what's system happening. He knows of power. Which yes. is round everybody up like we're in hook. Beat the shit out of them, put them on meat hooks, and ring it out of them. You know, like we're gonna yeah. find out, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. And the like, this is dependent on the idea that everyone's involved for the money, right? And that's not right. what's actually. And that's actually not what's happening. So uh, he discovers that it's actually um, 
you know, he talks to his one of his friends, or he thinks one of his closest friends, and realizes this guy actually kind of knows what happened, but right. has been kind of quiet about it, and figures out it's the whole deal that happened. Back Which one was the guy he was talking to? Was it Jasmine face. <laughs> or, or, or Tiger Lily? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, they, exactly. They, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They all look the same. But basically, yeah. he tells him, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Well, what happened in Belfast, right? Because there was something that happened in Belfast. And he figured out because this, this woman was very upset about her husband getting murdered. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? who got murdered? Who the hell are you talking about? And he figures it out. And so he goes to find out that, okay, what happened in Belfast is his, his gay friend stuck a bunch of money and it turned sour. And it, this is basically revenge for a bunch of shit that went down in Belfast. The IRA. They, IRA. The IRA. And they got involved with it. So the Northern, right. <laughs> Northern England, and Northern Irish people. Now, at the time involved. when this movie came out, that was like still. They killed rag- the, that. Uh, the Rage were quite hot. Yeah, exactly. Remember that? And yeah, exactly. And so, like the between uh, uh, Northern Ireland and the rest of Ireland, uh, which is also, by the way, uh, folks uh, know any of the history here, like is essentially a warfare is warfare between British colonization, the effects of British colonization in yes. Ireland, right? And right. so you have this, uh, uh, so or uh, English colonization in Ireland, I should say, and uh, and so when Bob Hoskins is saying like, I have a sense of history, right? Like, and he fucking misses this. Like, this is right. Central. This is the most yeah, central part of it. <laughs> like, right? this is like this history is part of what is destroying you, and you can't even see it. Like, it's happening right in front of your face, and you can't see it. Right. Um, and because the IRA are not doing this because they're trying to get money out of anybody, or no, like, they're doing this because they want to. They want to disrupt everything that's going on. Well, exactly. more specifically, this was about revenge for whatever they were doing right yes and like you can't, this, this is an emotionally driven reason and then hashkin decides to do to to try to quote unquote end it by mm-hmm. paying them off it's like okay we got to stop this because he tells all the other gangster groups we have been quote unquote at peace forever right just like right. any other gangster group they have on their their own territories and so he tries to pay off the ira to tell him we have to stop this. And he goes to some event where some demolition but derby. He tries or... to pay them off with gift cards. For... And really, Applebee's. Applebee's gift cards. Amazon works goes... better. But that's <laughs> old school. That, that's how I do it in the 50s. Applebee's yeah. is where you make deals. That's where you get cobbler. <laughs> that's what I... Let's get the cobbler in any franchise. It's like so... crispy on the end. <laughs> <laughs> So apologize <laughs> to all of all of the UK right now. Apologize. All of us. Apologize. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so so anyway, he goes uh, he goes to try to make a deal with, you know, the head of the IRA or whatever the hell it is, and then does the stupidest thing imaginable: brings in all his guys and shoots up all of these IRA guys. <laughs> it's like, haha, that's how strong I am. Yeah, and then he yeah. says, "Okay, I've solved." And the most stupidest thing, then he races yeah. back to the ferry to the hotel to tell the the, the Americans, "Okay, it's all done. I've solved it. It's all done. Solved it. No oh problem. yeah, just shot up a bunch of people from the IRA. They're never going to bother us again." <laughs> the Americans are like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" <laughs> and the guys like, "We're going back to America." Yeah, that sounds a little crazy. <laughs> I think we're not going to yeah. join up with you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. and of course you know that like like the Americans are just going to go in through some other like they're going to. But what's fun, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like they were you know they're looked upon as civilized, which was right. the funny part. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's ridiculous. And now and then we come to the end of the movie, which is 
the greatest moment. Okay, go ahead and tell your part of that. He's like, fucks up the deal with the Americans, is completely confused, and like ends up they're like, okay, so him and Helen Mirren, they're they're getting out of there, and they go down to their limousine. And uh, Bob Hoskins got like they get they uh, they get in two separate cars, and uh, and Bob Hoskins gets in the car. She's not there. He's like, what the fuck's going on? Realizes that the driver, his driver, has been taken out and replaced by and a, a couple of IRA guys, <laughs> and all. And he's just like, what? What happened? Like he's he's angry and he's confused, and he suddenly sees all this coming together, and all he can say is. Where's Victoria, which is his wife Helen Mirren, right? Where's Victoria is the is the is the landing line of this movie, and right. Victoria like is Vic, the Victorian the age is right. the yeah. golden age of England, right? Right. And so that have Bob Hoskins being fucking carted away in a car to get shot by the IRA, and then screaming, "Where's Victoria?" Like he's totally fucking puzzled how he lost yep. England. It's just like, sorry guys. But the other thing that's really cool about that is uh, you have the music go. If you guys listen, to, if you guys watch the movie, uh, you will be the, doing the same song as well as we. Uh, oh, yeah, they do a really music. long take of his expression going from yeah. confused to angry to really like going through all stages oh. of grief all in one yeah. facial experience. like it's just amazing it's amazing it's amazing and like and it's like it's, it's a landmark i can't do anything i you know because then he turns around and you see you know, you know uh pierce brosnan is just pointing a gun at him the whole time that's it you and know? that's it and the, the, yep. and the beauty of that like i'm gonna say like that shot uh uh is is a landmark for world cinema for me and and, and i can tell you that directly because when you're just watching his face change over the course of that realization, right? Um, this is used again in the end of Michael Clayton, uh, when uh, only it's a ha- it's a happy version of the scene where Clayton is in a cab and he's realizing that he has overcome what has happened to him. Uh, and then I had not seen Long Good Friday at that point, but I loved it so much, Michael Clayton, that I ripped it off for my short film spoiler. And I uh, put it in spoiler, and then I saw uh, spoiler alert. Spo- spoiler, which <laughs> stars, by the way, uh, Dave 3D guy who's in the chat. Uh, and I, I put, I was just like, yeah, I'm ripping off Michael Clayton. And then I saw Long Good Friday, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm I'm ripping off Friday. something that ripped off something else. <laughs> Yay! I was like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely terrific. Absolutely Indeed. Terrific. Indeed. All right. Uh, I am going to go ahead. Listen, guys, uh, we are a little over an hour. I'm going to give us a a two minute ad break for those of you who are subscribers. You will not get an ad. So you'll continue to hear us chatting. We will not do anything uh, and we'll not be chatting anything that will people who are watching ads will will still be back on target. So that's cool. Uh, But uh, but yes. uh, So just stand by for a two minute ad and then we'll be right back to talk about Snatch. So here we go. Where's Victoria? <laughs> Where's Victoria? It was. So, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Eric, I want to uh, the the scene of Bob Hoskins in the shower 
is strange. That was the best. It, that it, was... So I wanted to talk about that because it was literally like Miami Vice <laughs> slash Showgirls. I was like, where? Did yeah. that, what was their thinking? We, 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 we have to have some pictures of us in the shower with Bob Hoskins. Like all of us. Like just, just doing the same facial expression. Like we're going, oh. That's oh, it. You know. That's the, of my favorite shower scenes. There's Psycho, there's Miami Vice, and then there's Bob Hoskins. Bob, Bob Hoskins in the shower. Yeah, that was uh that was uh, that was quite... that was very odd. I, I'll be honest. It was yep. like it comes out of nowhere. Like what? Right. <laughs> and it's a little longer. And you know, it's almost along the lines of uh, what's the what's the uh, uh, dress to kill scene? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, with uh, <laughs> yeah, what's her face? Yeah, uh, oh god, what's her name? Yeah, but yeah, like we're just like this is getting a little bit saucy. What's happening? <laughs> <I know he's laughs> saucy. <laughs> the yeah. long good Friday. <laughs> the long good Friday. That's right. Yep. That must be like a men's fragrance commercial too. Long Good Friday. That that shower scene. <laughs> it does. It does. We need that voiceover. Like that's uh, we need the Sheely voiceover on that one. Are you ready? On the, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Have you had a difficult Thursday? How the all new Bob, the all new Bob Hoskins soap on a rope. <laughs> Long Good Hoskins. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the new. That's the new one. We can, put, we can put that in the merch store. We can put that in the merch store. Martini Giant, Bob Still Hoskins, <laughs> yep. I would definitely buy one. Are we back? Looks like we're no. Back. We're not back. We're be back in 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 uh, in one in second. Okay, are we back? I think everyone, we're back, and uh, we're here to talk about stuff. Uh, yeah, right. We do we do recommend uh, if you guys have not seen actually the Long Good Friday, we were talking about it during the ad break. Uh, you definitely should for the Bob Hoskins shower scene. Yes, it is worth it. Top three shower scene, ladies and gentlemen. Just saying. Top three (laughs) shower scene. That's it. It is is absolutely that. Uh, Before we move on to, you know, Snatch and the similarities and uh, about Snatch and this film, I do want to note a couple things about our site. Uh, We have been doing a lot of work on uh, martinegiant.com, more specifically, actually, on our Threadless store. Uh, lots of things have been going up there, which are pretty fun and cool. Um, I want to say something about the threadless thing, although it's going to sound a little negative, but I just, you know, hopefully we'll solve it. I ordered a mug from uh, threadless. Uh, I think I ordered a Scruggs it mug, but I ordered it in, in the big size. Now, you know, they have different size mugs and I ordered a big one and it came back uh, broken. When I got it, it got delivered broken. The handle was broken off. So I sent them a message and they said, just give us a picture of the broken mug and a, uh, a receipt. And I did. Uh, and they said, we'll send you a new one. They sent me a new one and the new one showed up broken. So Threadless. just just a fair warning. If you get a large mug from them, I don't know Did if they're really? packaging. I don't know if their packaging is quite right. So stick with the small mug for now. I, 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 I that's just my piece of advice for you. But otherwise, uh, the T-shirts are fabulous. Uh, the I, uh, we have a friend of ours who bought one of the beach towels, which is apparently really great as well. But there's a lot of great uh, great purchases out there. Uh, uh, and just to point out, out, they are. 
really beautiful and unique and just overall very pleasing design wise but that's just my <laughs> that's just uh, that's right. all of that and i don't want to go down that I rabbit hole the but... artist's views in this they are incredibly pleasing all these designs yes. are lovely uh, yeah. and uh and and there's some really uh exciting new ones there that are centered around um us as astronauts which i well really it like. celebrates both space and the wonders of space and the wonders of podcasting and that's kind of Together. what i was trying to get the point yeah that's right so the spaceman mug summer 2021 is out they looks really good it looks really good and then good. we also have the daniel buck series for the right or the left hand so <laughs> that's um, right depending we, upon we, we do have the, we do have uh yeah it's a it's kind of a little bit of an inside joke but that's cool daniel buck is a fan uh uh actually daniel buck was just a little trivia history was the first person to register the domain martinigiant.com which we we got off of him so we want to thank daniel for registering that domain so now us. he's holding us over a barrel and making us make mugs about him just right saying. so we got thing. we got the daniel buck collection <laughs> available at uh, at martinigiant.com if you guys want to <laughs> see those those are quite funny okay Excuse me. Uh, let's get on to snatch. You've been, you've been traveling. This is totally acceptable. You've been, anybody, yeah, it's uh, fine. Like, I'm gonna be. I, I'm tired for literally months after I travel anywhere. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm a little worried, guys. Uh, the numbers are back up per, in LA. I know. We can have to start wearing masks again. And I've known now two people. Or I've heard. I've heard of two people who have gotten COVID yes. uh, and have been vaccinated. Yes. No. I also, I also yeah. know someone who. Um, uh, who is uh, maybe around my age and who has gotten COVID and is now in the ICU. So. No. No, has yep. that person been vaccinated as well? Yes. Right. So it's it's a little bit... It's mass time. It's mass time again. That's how it goes. It's mass time. Yeah. That's how it goes. Because we, we can really get ahead of it if we do it now, like we did right. not before. And that's why we're here now. So let's not do that again because I'm very tired of being in this office all the time. Yeah, so do it for me is what I'm saying. The most important thing is get me out of the office. As opposed this to is the Delta variant, and and unfortunately the Delta. I mean, most of the people who are getting you, you want to uh, go back, Dan, to working in a studio? No, no way, never. But I don't. I still want to be able to go outside and, and enjoy my life. Yeah, uh, and uh, and for my family to be able to do the same. Uh, yes, I understand. So, but uh, but yeah, in terms of work, like no, this is like I'm a thousand percent more productive and much happier working from home. Like easily easily in the, in the walk as they say um but yeah i uh, so like there are, there are bonuses to how we've reacted to covid but i don't think we should go through any more opportunities to figure more stuff out i think we should take a break <laughs> from yeah. being maskless jerks and uh and yeah uh, ourselves that's how we feel political stances on martin giant what are you going to do yeah we're not going to go down that hole right now Unless I just don't want to. There. I know. I I'm know. out of gas on it. I'm out of gas. I'm just, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm just going to try to, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, because I was planning to go to Portugal in September. And now I'm actually questioning whether I should do that or not. Yeah, so. no, certainly. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Snatch. Which is much more pleasant. Much more pleasant. <laughs> definitely. Okay. So this is, you know, there are definitely some similarities between these films. Um, but this one is much more of a comedy. Yeah. Uh, clearly, yeah. obviously, uh, the director here loves The Long Good Friday. 
Yes. Right. Yeah, he is. And the, the Britishism of it, like yes, the, yes, he is a giant fan. Uh, like if he, everyone in his film could talk like Bob Hoskins does, he's absolutely fine with that. Like right. everyone's got snappy lines, everyone delivers them ridiculously well, and uh, so it's not a serious movie, but it is an extremely well made and very very charming movie. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, Guy Ritchie, like. I think that this was the last movie I saw from Guy Ritchie that I truly loved. Like I was like, because he also went down the Hollywood road, and uh, and after that, lost a lot of the the fun that made him work for me. And uh, Snatch still has it all. Like it's still a, it's it's very handmade. It's uh, very it's much made that. by handmade films, right? It's made by handmade films. The uh, <laughs> and uh, and. It's a uh, like it's just actually no the it, long Friday was done. That's by, the long well, yeah, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, snatch snatch is a is a is a goofy version of uh, Long Good Friday. Uh, yes, like, but they also have it very complicated. It there, you know what? It, it actually has a lot to me. It has a lot of similarities. Maybe it's because of uh, Dennis Fiara. Uh, 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 Dennis Farina. Yeah. Farina. Yeah, fabulous! And plays yes. plays the most Dennis Farina awesome. character ever. Yes, and he plays the exact same character uh, as he does in in uh, uh, everything. My, when, no, I know everything, <laughs> but more specifically, no, 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 uh, 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 Manhunter. Uh, uh, no, what's the one where where he's the Florida gangster guy goes to with with Travolta? Uh, oh yeah, God. yeah, Shorty. Right? Get Shorty. Get yes. Shorty. No, he's like yeah, he reminds me of in him from Get Shorty. For, for, like Dennis Farina, I don't think he ever played anybody but Dennis Farina. But I love right. every frame of footage we managed to get from that guy through his life. Like right. he's an impossibly hilarious and charming actor. He was a cop to start with. Yeah, and uh, right. he was discovered by Michael Mann when making I think might have been Thief. It was uh, Thief. And uh, and then he, Michael Mann put him in uh, Manhunter, and I think produced the show uh, Crime was a Crime Story, um, which he was in. It's terrific, absolutely terrific. The one that really kind of like threw me out of it a little bit was Benicio del Toro playing a Jewish guy. It was a little right. too, yeah, yeah it's like, to it not buy that. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't work. That was not, that was not not an inspired bit of casting. I like I love Del Toro for sure. Yes, but not as a not as a Hasidic gangster. Yeah, that's just like it doesn't it doesn't doesn't play no. right. It doesn't play right. No, but there but luckily there's 300 other characters that are very entertaining. Very entertaining. Uh, and uh, and as we started the, con- the conversation with Brad Pitt being the cherry on the Sunday of this amazing mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Talking yes. Say, this is secretly, by the way, the Martini Giant ultra hot guy double feature uh, between yes. Pierce Brosnan and shirtless Brad Pitt in a, in a boxing ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say this is Brad Pitt. Guapo. Que guapo, right? And I think this is his sex, second sexy. Ah. He's not quite Fight Club sexy, but he is. Oh, right no. Right I'm there. sold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because Brad Pitt fixing the roof in uh uh once upon a time in hollywood where he takes his shirt off yeah. on the top of that roof yeah pretty hot and That's he's okay. a little 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 uh little thicker in a, and, in a and good because way he's older and he's still getting there yeah appreciate him more yep he's like hey man you're you're around in the corner in the 50s and you're yeah. still uh, you still got it with it takes off the champion shirt Fuck yeah yes yeah that guy I, i've long yeah. been a giant brad pitt fan and yeah. that was uh like if brad pitt retires from acting after uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Good work, sir. Good work. Cheers to you. 
mm-hmm. and I enjoy your retirement shirtless on a roof somewhere in Hollywood. He's <laughs> pretty good. just bought something from Threadless, a mug. Really? I think that's, I think that's me. <laughs> I had forgotten to follow through on the purchase I set up last week. Or the My week God, before. we're silly. We're silly and like we're following our purchases. Thank I, you. I, I, I sent an email. Yeah, yeah, you will find that I, that is actually me. I actually just clicked it and said, please buy this mug. I was wondering where my mug was. And Did I you really not, just buy a mug? I just bought a, I bought the three astronauts large mug, the uh, tall okay. plastic mug, which I, I wanted to buy two weeks ago. I got it. I said on there, I was buying it, and I, I forgot oh, to click the actual apply button. Nice. But here we are. It has been done. Okay. I, I support Martini Giant. By the way, this is the thing. I want to let you guys know, especially those of you who follow us every week uh, on our on our on our Twitch channel. If there is, you know, Threadless is print as you go, so we can just make endless amount of things out there, <laughs> uh, and, and it doesn't matter because they only print them or they only make them when you order them. So it's it's cool. Bob Hoskins shower scene T-shirt, whatever yeah, you want, whatever you, you want. Yeah, Bob Hoskins <laughs> in the shower as a shower curtain can also oh, be available. Uh, we might get into uh, copyright problems with that one because right. it's still I on the think You are right. Uh, but but if you basically if you want, you know, let us let us know what you guys want and we can probably mock up something and if you have a special request we can we can put it out there. Because that that was pretty much what inspired the Daniel Buck collection is because he was bitching about how he wanted the design of what's on the beach towel, but wanted it on the poster. It's like, Jesus, are you going to make requests about stuff? And so that's why we just ended up making the Daniel Buck collection uh, on there. So, uh, Man, I think if we ever hit it big, the, the kind of merchandise we'll be able to offer for high prices will be yes. – the, the Buck collection will be its own entrepreneurial experience. Right. I think right. That that's really where Martini Giant ends up going in the, in the long run. And then go check it because there are sales on Threadless, which we don't have no control over, but there are sales on Threadless. So you guys should check, check them out every now and then. Yeah, so, there's, so. A, there's one currently going on, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. saved myself like six bucks or something like this. Right. Uh, so, so definitely check there. those out. Uh, okay. So so it's the, the problem with like the problem with us trying to describe what happens in snatch is complicated because there's like six subplots all happening. Yeah, at they're the same all messed time. up together. Like, and hey, that's, that's kind of the that's irony the of it, right? right? The, now, the one thing I want to note is that, you know, because there is there are styles of like Snatch was kind of like a big deal when it came out because it, it felt super high paced and multiple points of view and all right. craziness like that. And good what photography. The, yep. good photography, but that theme has been done many times since then and more aggressively since then so when i watched it this time having not seen it you know because because thorgo was saying it's like i haven't seen it in 20 years it's a bit fuzzy but when you see it now it feels like a little bit you know like the pace is not as fast as i remembered it right and the story is actually quite clear and it mm-hmm. seemed like it was so confusing it was all over the place all this stuff is but, happening all at once yeah. No. yeah but it's not it's actually pretty straightforward and the editing is not yeah. as fast as i remembered it to be right. uh except for but a clever. few clever really definitely great clever, yeah. clever editing yeah, the concord scenes are hilarious like oh, one man. back and forth yeah yeah but there, there, the it's interesting because this movie, this movie clearly inspired other people to do things like this, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. even Guy Ritchie himself took that theme and like went up a notch on his next films, right? right. Um, and and I think that's that's you know something that you 
no, you can you can see. I can actually bit. see a lot of. It's an interesting thing for you Tarantino. to point out because, like, uh, Tar- like Tarantino was happening at roughly the same time. Right. Um, yes, it, it was. Like, uh, the I would say no, that and this Pulp Fiction was ninety four. When did yeah. this come out? 2000 and uh, 1999 2000 yeah that's what i'm saying so like like tarantino like tarantino never has any any fast edits at all in his movies but he does no, have, but like, the way oh. the characters are and and yeah. then yeah. they turn to each other like wait there's somebody behind me with a gun right. and then do 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 that kind of setup and the one the scene payoff, connecting to another right. like the russian guy on the road he gets hit by right. the car while they're in the car yeah, that and then they that story like four times right right that's right, right. that's tarantino and well, and it's also like that's also with uh, it is. Like, you're right, Eric. Uh, and Demoris Peros is happening. Uh, I think around this. I may be wrong about this, but I think around the same time, uh, like the crossover, multiple storylines crossing over each other. You know, like that was a that that was very much all Pulp Fiction inspired kind of stuff. And I think that that's great. I think that like the like there's a wave of stuff that happened off. Of, I mean, I love Pulp Fiction, obviously, but uh, the there's a wave of stuff that happened off of Pulp Fiction that was trying to recapture the actual direct flavor of Pulp Fiction and failing, like Way of the Gun and you know stuff like this, where you're just like you know the things to do in Denver when also, you're dead, and yeah, they all kind yeah, of lump together. But using the music to really drive the mood yep. and story, yeah, and the same thing. And he was using a lot of great ska, yeah, but but um, like at least with Guy Ritchie, like he was like there was enough of a global change in the flavor that it didn't fall quite into the same category you know uh what's weird to think is uh is that he guy Ritchie, met like i think he may have influenced as soon as you said it chris i think he's a, a probably a fair influence on Zack snyder like yeah you know I, like i was just like it didn't occur to me until you said it i was just like yeah i think that that's really where that evolved to now what had what did guy Ritchie do before this uh lock stock and two smoking barrels oh that was before yeah. this yeah that was before that and uh i really like that i think it's like i remember I like that movie too yeah and i remember being really electrified by uh like when um i think it's like statham it bursts through the door in slow motion and all the money's flying out and all this stuff and i was just like this is really exciting cinema like i haven't seen something like like this before and yeah. uh like the speed ramping and all this other stuff that became really common like mm-hmm. really broke out with uh richie's stuff and it's weird that richie like he gets adopted by people like snyder and uh and others but he doesn't when he goes hollywood he doesn't quite evolve his material as well as other people do uh because he does like the you know the sherlock holmes movies which are i like sherlock holmes yeah they're pretty good not fun you know, but they're not as like visceral as as Lockstock. You know, like they like they start to look a little green screeny and a little bit overplanned compared to how these movies look. Like this is like earthy, real wild characters, tight cuts, all this kind of stuff. And then he gets a little bit loungier and a little bit more Hollywood with where he goes. Still making good movies. Um, and I haven't seen his new stuff. I know he kind of returned to this format with his last one, but I can't even remember the title of it. So I'll have to, I'll have to revisit Richie. I, re- I really, really liked him early on, and then it just sort of fell off my plate. Interesting. He was a writer for Aladdin, believe it or not. No kidding. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Did he directed he direct the new Aladdin? I think he might have. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like, no that's offense weird. to yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's the wrong kind of Hollywood to do. 
Like, yeah. yep. I can't even remember that you directed a reboot of Aladdin. Then, <laughs> like, I hope that was a good paycheck, man. But that's yeah. like cheaper. However, he did do. I don't. You, know, you guys remember this? All of you guys are sort of, uh, and especially our, our listeners, are happen to be around our swept age. away. Uh, that's right, uh, uh, he did. He did a. Uh, do you remember BMW Films? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice work on that stuff, boy. And he did the BMW Films with Madonna in the yep. back seat. Yep. Of the yeah. and uh, and who was who was the driver? What's what's his name? Um, um, is that Clive Owen in that one. Clive Owen. Yeah, yeah, that's Clive right. Owen. And so he did that, and so that was directed by. Which was funny because I think he was married to Madonna at that time, right? Right. right. Yeah. So. Yep. And if you want to see a bad movie, see Swept Away, which he Swept Away is so good. That's uh sure. Yeah, we can say that. That's if you want to throw your career away, do that. (laughs) That's the one. That's the one. I don't know anything about I've never met Guy Ritchie. I don't know whether he's a good guy or not. Like I he I he's the kind of director I would really like to see come back like in a real way. And I think that like because I've said this before, it's like I think when you uh it's like with Scorsese, like Scorsese works with like five hundred people now. And his movies can be really good, but man, it's nothing like the old days. It's nothing like 1973 working with like 20 people, you know? And I think you think a little harder when there's no way out. And, uh, and, and, and Richie is, you know, when, once you start directing Aladdin, like, I'm wondering if you have to show up on that job. <laughs> Does it actually just happen without you? It's quite possible. Yeah. It is a strange thing. If you think yeah. about it, yeah. it it's, why did yeah. Disney get into that business, man? Like remaking all their good stuff poorly is really, it's a, such a wonky thing yeah. to do. He's also been announced as the director of Aladdin too, just to, Oh, you. oh my God. Oh guy. I understand. Hey man, I, I work for paycheck too, but it's like, and who knows? He may be happy as a clam. He's like, okay, why not? Aladdin. You know, That's if great. I was directing was crappy that, Disney huh? movies and I got a paycheck and I could use all that money to go fly fishing. Fly fishing? Then yes, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do it. I understand that. I would do. He's already it. proved himself. I'm projecting. I'm projecting. Yes, obviously, I would take that money for sure. Yes, no, no fault to Guy Ritchie. You but can't make that much money in fly yeah. fishing, so you have to get direct Aladdin instead. <laughs> fly, fly, <laughs> fishing, fly fishing doesn't offer Disney money. Well, that's an interesting thing, Chris. <laughs> would you, if you had the cash, would you just fly fish all day? Probably. Really? If I, if I, I would take the. Oh, the thing is specifically. Fly fishing, especially saltwater fly fishing, uh, kind of it's if you had a lot of cash, right? Uh, uh, kind of takes you to incredible des- destinations around the world, right? You want to go uh, fish for like you know peacock bass in the Amazon. You want to fish for uh, thing anywhere uh, out there. I mean, there's you want to go to the Bahamas. You want to go to Christmas Island. You want to go to uh, any there's ton you know Indian Ocean down at <laughs> the Seychelles. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's there. Uh anyway, Torger, thanks for joining us. I know it's super late in Norway and we will you will catch up uh and watch the, the rest of the podcast, but thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. And by the way, the reason I still have that t-shirt is because I don't throw away t-shirts and much to the chagrin of my wife. Uh so if I do see you again, uh please uh bring another t-shirt so I can replace this one. It's a little <laughs> frayed, shall we say. I'm amazed that lasted that long. That's a quality t-shirt. 20 years I've had that. I, I, I do have I do have a t-shirt that I had from from uh, my cross country team in college, right? So that's like thirty five year old T shirt, and it's still fine. So just so you yeah, know, man, I'm uh, I, yeah. I, I'm a little hard on shirts, I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I am too. I just, I'm just saying these are shirts that clearly I shouldn't be wearing anymore, but I still do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, sorry. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and, All right. uh, but we're going to keep sure. going in Torger. You can catch up at this point uh, when you, when you, when you get the show on the download. So it's nice. You know, people are able to join it. And I love the fact that we're listen- getting listeners from all around the world on this. That's so. great. It's cool. Uh, but yeah, guy, guy Ritchie doing Aladdin. That's it. I do have a hard time with that one. It's the thing is like, I, I think it's a right. little Ron Howardy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's not even Ron Howardy because yeah. I, like, I'll go to bat for Ron Howard because Ron Howard wants to direct that kind of movie. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's what he does best, and his yeah. best movies are that. Like, but he also, yes, yeah, yeah, Ron like, Howard also got into like you know Arrested Development, which is fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, and, true. Yeah, and you know, and yeah. I will even get like I will say with Ron Howard, like if you haven't seen uh, well, what's it called, Angels and Demons, the Da Vinci Code two, like that is a good shitty B movie, man. Like that is a really really fun uh, uh. risk. Like that, there is nothing wrong with that movie. Oh, it's a dumb. It's dumb. It's stone cold dumb. But uh, you can do a lot worse than having like you know Tom Hanks and the sort of weird escape room movie with you know hot Ewan McGregor you know as a priest. Like this is great. It's like weird science fictiony bullshit movie, and it's really really fun. And like Ron Howard grabs those things and it's like I'm going to entertain you. Like I know it's silly, but I'm going to do it right. And then with, with Guy Ritchie, like. There's, I can't watch. All, I I saw Aladdin, and I do not remember Aladdin. Like that's a strong difference between this and Snatch. Right. <laughs> like Snatch is a vivid movie. It's a paycheck. It's yeah, exactly. All right, a couple of things I want to note first. Uh, before before this, uh, I want to, I do want to remember that for Demar- for uh, C- uh, V-Ray IRL Torger was actually the guy who designed the V-Ray fanboy T-shirts. Oh, so sick! So just so you guys know nice. that, that's one of the things I want to note about Torger. And I know he's already gone, but he'll he'll hopefully he'll hear that. So uh, I do want to thank him for that. Uh, also, I uh, for those of you who missed the beginning of the podcast, I'm not that I'm endorsing it, but I'm going to tell you I have been drinking. Uh, this, which is Dragon's Milk Dragon's Stout, milk. Mm. Uh, and it is uh, quite delicious. It's a barrel-aged stout, and uh, I thought it was appropriate for this podcast for some reason. <laughs> it's uh, beautiful. You're drinking, but it's, it's totally appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so back to what we were talking about. What were we talking about? I don't know what we're talking about. I'm oh, sorry. We were there, were so many, there were so many moments in that, like, when the the uh, the getaway driver was leather squeaking, it was like uh, Benny Hill. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there was, was a lot a, of goofy humor in this. Yeah, like sure. Snatch, it Snatch Benny Hill. Any, yeah, Snatch, Snatch doesn't make any sense as a story. This it's no, no. Right. but I th- I'll tell you what it does. It, it there's a lot of uh, guy at the wrong place at the wrong time. A yeah. lot of that. Yeah, a lot yeah. of that. Right. That's like, his favorite joke. That is totally his favorite his, joke. It, oh, well, like, that's oh. Tarantino. That is that Tarantino's favorite joke. Also, we and we talked about Boogie Nights when the donut shop. That's another yeah, one of exactly. those. Things. It's a great yeah. setup. It's a great setup for gag. Mm-hmm. Like I think that like that uh like he you know, like in none of his movies ever really have like a, like he's not really interested in coherent long form storytelling. Like right. he likes doing like this is a fun idea for a scene, you know. Like right. like the 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 most coherent story in this movie is Brad Pitt's story. Like that's, right. that's the full, that's the one with the full arc that serves as sort of the spine, the emotional spine of what's happening. Right. Because like we can sort of like roughly sketch out, this is about mostly British criminals. 
there is a there is a diamond that's worth a, a lot of money. It's happening in Antwerp, in Antwerp, right. and it's, it goes through London. Yeah. There and, and and there is a there is a corrupt people involved. Right. And there's a uh, uh, there are a lot of ancillary deals that are happening because right. of the diamond. There's right. uh, underground boxing, gambling, and mm-hmm. dogfighting happening. Right. Uh, and uh, there are multiple, multiple different characters that are happening across the board on all of this stuff. Right. One of the things he does, which is also hilarious, is the way that he tries to give everyone personalities, even though there's so many of them, is by giving them ridiculous nicknames that somehow the best makes you say oh i understand everything about that person based on this ridiculous nickname that this guy has right so <laughs> such as such as uh uh well all, the hero is named turkish and he explains why his name is turkish right off the bat right turkish turkish then he explains my friend is tommy his name is tommy because of this but it's really because of this so therefore he's in you know he's a weak guy right but he does that in a 20 second thing right you know, right right very quickly right. then it's like frankie four fingers mm-hmm. okay that's a name right like clearly you know whatever it is and then there's uh what's the other guy's name bullet uh, tooth tony the bullet bullet tooth tony <laughs> right yeah his name is this and that's because of this and therefore you know as much as you really need to know yeah, about that the person. picture right, right exactly and my and my favorite brick yeah. top <laughs> yeah well yeah. brick top brick top is a fucking mean motherfucker uh, uh, is great. and he's really hilarious especially when he talks about feeding people to the pigs yeah he used this elaborate thing because yeah. that's another guy's the wrong place in the wrong time where it's just yeah. like bricktop walks in and like comes into the scene where you know the guys are trying to like figure out what to do with his dead body and then suddenly <laughs> bricktop walks in and goes like did i come in a wrong time <laughs> they're like you know, Who the fuck the is only, the only person that could have pulled off bricktop's character better if somehow he could have done it with a British accent, which would have ruined it, Walken. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Approved. Walken yes. could yes. have nailed the Bricktop yes. character, Completely except agree. he needed to have a thick, yeah. uh, you know, Cockney accent. Which yeah. he did. But this guy is terrific. He is one of those. He did a great people. job. Yeah, he's super, super. And he also, I love the fact that he has big, thick glasses, which are yeah. kind of out of place again. Yeah. He's like a really it's De Niro old, like, yeah. in, in Casino. Casino. Yes, yeah, it is. Huh? I, I, I can, you wouldn't I exist in this town if it wasn't for me. One of the memes that's been traded around in the film group that I'm on on Facebook is De Niro uh, complaining about how many blueberries in a muffin. That's <laughs> like, it's my favorite bit from mm-hmm. equal blueberries in each muffin. Yes, that's true. But yeah, it's the uh, and it's also like he Bricktop has like a like a there's an old uh, Michael Caine ness to him. I think for me. There's like there the glasses, is a little bit of that, yeah. Like the big, thick, heavy, uh, heavy rim glasses and all that kind of stuff. But I also think that was he's not necessarily a super well-known actor. He's not right. like a Michael Caine or whatever, and that helps you from being distracted by his fame, right? Right. So it does, you really only have Brad Pitt do that. Like Brad only, Pitt, yeah. But yeah. Brad Pitt with a thick Irish accent was yeah. funny as hell. Oh, he's great. And I think what's really funny is that the guys with a thick English accent have a hard time understanding the guy with a thicker 
and just like to... they were negotiating in those huddles that we do. <laughs> 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 like, and the thing is, like, with with really do it. Pitt's not, Pitt's not uh, throwing it away. Like, you can actually hear and understand everything he's saying if you watch this movie enough. Like, it's right. all in there. He's not just doing the. It's like the awesome clip you had from Saturday Night Live with uh, Bill Hader, right? Doing doing the uh, the like. What was it though? Like, like that's just made up baloney. Like Pitt is actually saying these words that if once right. you hear the movie enough, you go, "Oh shit!" Now I get it. I can hear him now. Right? Well, did you, I? So I. Uh, by the way, uh, I watched the Long Good Friday on Criterion, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, and uh, I just just to be safe, <laughs> so I didn't miss something because you know sometimes there's a little hard to understand. I actually. Uh, 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 would put on the subtitles, right? Uh-huh. And it's part of the subtitle. Like I could hear what he was saying, and I heard the whole thing. And he said something, and I could understand everything. But clearly, whoever was typing in the subtitles Just didn't understand. No and put yeah. it in inaudible, and it's like, no, he said that. He said he's really saying it. Like, he's this, really that, saying it. So, because like, yeah. Dave three D right guy brings up the pits of the ninety percent of what he was saying was gibberish, and I think that is sort of true in that yeah. he is. Like he does a lot of sort of warbly filler uh, that is just a bunch of stuff, you know? Uh, And so, especially when he's like talking with his gang members really fast, like that is pure nonsense. Like that is just like, there's nothing actually happening there. There are moments where like he was in that first initial scene when they arrive and a dog just jumps up. Yeah. yeah. But he reacted like, like he's really super jittery. It was hilarious (laughs) because it was just natural. It was his character. So good. good. But yeah, so we can talk about like, okay, so the the plot around Brad Pitt is that he is a uh, Irish traveler and uh, gypsy. Yeah, the the former now called travelers, formerly called gypsies. Uh, well, and, hold on, uh, I, I, they're actually we should we should we should. Uh, okay, so right, so nomad would be another word because yes. gypsies actually refer to a specific uh, culture that's originated yes, uh, from yeah. Romania. Right, right. Uh, but uh, it's but considered yes. by some to be slightly offensive, so we try to avoid that now. The the uh, but travelers specifically in Ireland are called travelers, uh, okay. and uh, and uh, so they live in a uh, nomadic. Yeah, nomadic. nomadic RV lifestyle, right? And yeah. and he is a uh, like this guy is it's Brad Pitt. He's super ripped, and he is a great boxer. And because of the plot involving the diamond and the boxing bets, etc., it turns out that one of the primary boxers that is involved in a major boxing bet is on a job going to this uh, traveler's camp to try to make a deal to get an RV. That's as much. He's as trying to buy that. an RV. Right. Uh, it ends up in a confrontation with Brad Pitt, right? And Brad Pitt takes this dude out just like that. <laughs> like, Basically, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's so much smaller yep. and, and, and than anyone else, than any of the people he fights. But he does this thing where he just goes, bam, one hit, and the guy's so on and out. Uh, right? And he exactly. does it every time he fights. Including yep. the important fight where he does it, but the guy still gets up and he does the whole thing. But he basically, well, sorry, I'm just I'm gonna pull an Eric Sheely. He does this thing in that last fight where he's supposed to go down oh, in the fourth round. Yeah. Where we you know what? I talk about the end before the beginning. That's not true. But Dennis Farina does get on the plane and that ends it. Uh, that's right. my movie. Okay, get out of here, right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but uh, but he does that thing where he hits the guy, 
uh, and he's supposed to get down in the fourth round. He hits him so hard that you know that he could have completely taken him out if he really wanted to. Right. And he right. did that just to prove that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I love like for me, Pitt's story is the key story of this movie because it's so like, good. He's absolutely fucking hysterical. Well, and like, yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's like hilarious, and you think that he's the idiot, and yeah, clearly and he, is he is not. <laughs> he is not like yeah. because Bricktop ends up killing Brad Pitt's mom by burning. Uh, her, the her, RV, right? right. RV, oh. and, and once that because, happens, well, the reason, it, okay, the reason he does that is because uh, 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 Brad Pitt, who's uh, what's his name, or uh, Mikey, Mickey, 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 uh, Mickey O'Neill. Uh, Mickey is supposed to go down in the fourth round, but instead he he goes in at a first punch and knocks the guy on the ground and t- takes him out immediately. Instead of going down in the fourth round, he Bricktop loses a shitload of money. Super pissed and off. And loses yeah. a shitload of money, yeah. and as well as all of the people who he told to, to do to make the bet, they all lose a shitload of money, and it pisses everyone off, yeah. uh, at which point he has to go into a fight again in order to make sure that he does it for some stupid reason, Bricktop decides to burn down the caravan that his mom was in with his mom in it. Right. So right. that's. Yeah. But he was just naturally a, a super vicious guy. Oh, right. he was. Well, he feeds dead bodies to the pigs. To pigs, exactly. And uh, and and because of that, you know, Brad Pitt drinks at the wake. What was the other movie and- we watched? I, I remember seeing where they fed bodies to pigs. God, oh, that is uh, Hannibal. Hannibal, that's Hannibal right. with Gary Oldman. And uh, I, by the way, I'm just going to throw this in there for no reason. First of all, Hannibal, the show is totally excellent. And I recently rewatched Hannibal, the movie, and I really like that movie. Like nobody likes oh, that interesting. movie. That's a, that is a much more enjoyable movie. Is that Ridley remember. Scott? Ridley Scott. I've always loved the ending of Hannibal. I think Hannibal is like that ending sequence is fucking hysterical. Now, what was the one? Okay, so there was another version of Hannibal or a different thing that was Early, this was before Silence of the Lambs. What was it? Michael Mann's Manhunter, also Manhunter. starring yeah. Dennis Farina. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Bom, oh, man, so good. The, 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 I, I watch, I watch Manhunter a little less than how much I watch other Michael Mann films. Meaning, I only watch it maybe once every two weeks. But right. um, it, it, you should see Manhunter um, specifically because Avatar is coming back around because they're finally going to release those movies uh, and. The guy who plays the uh, annoying redheaded uh, journalist who is burnt to death in the wheelchair is the old, super ripped evil villain of Avatar. And I did not realize that until very recently. I couldn't even place the face. Oh, wait, 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 say that again. The 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 villain from Avatar. You can picture that guy, like yeah, white yeah, hair, of course. Super yeah, yeah. jacked up old guy. The guy who's got the scars across his face yes. or whatever. Yeah. When you watch Manhunter, when the annoying sort of like paunchy but skinny annoying red-haired journalist shows up same dude i right. and like i was watching it I'd, since the 30th or 40th time i've seen manhunter and i it blew my mind that was only recently okay it prediction based mm-hmm. on the covid numbers going back up the way they are what do you think are the chances that avatar will be playing in theaters oh that's a really good question Yikes. After all of this delay for twenty fucking years, I think yeah. it's not that. Yeah, it's a really good question. Like, I, I think that if like, it comes back full force, it's going to damage a lot of the economy and the businesses. And yes, I, it could yeah. be closed. Yeah, 
I think that's uh, like because movies have made like uh, unlike my diarist predictions, movies are not yet quite dead, but they would not be able to withstand another heavy go round of no, no. Pistol. I just it's I thought the Delta variant not to, was not as powerful as they said. It's more it's like you being vaccinated. It's way more contagious. Being vaccinated protects you very strongly against it. It it gives you much better chances of surviving or or doing things as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's, we're, we're in still decent shape, but it, it's still very well, the serious. problem is it's like if 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 more people got vaccinated it it, it would spread less <laughs> it would spread less and the thing is the reason why we have the delta variant is because, because we... people were not vaccinated yes and so like like people like people getting vaccinated and people like uh, uh wearing masks and not going outside to stop the delta variant prevents whatever the omega variant that will come out of it if we don't right. fucking get our act together right that uh, like sounds like a 70s movie no omega shit man we have Charl- charlton heston in the omega variant like it's the last <sighs> thing we need so like take it seriously that is i am legend oh no that's a different one this is yeah it's all the same junky yeah. bad movie that they keep on remaking <laughs> 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 you ever want to hear someone get irritated talk to uh me and dave 3d about how many times can you make a bad movie out of a good book i am legend edition <laughs> right <laughs> which has now become quite epic we do an entire podcast on like i don't know the five or six bad movies they've made now out of a great yeah. book yeah Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, we were talking about uh, Avatar and so Hong backtracking, backtracking. What what led to the, the Avatar? And then there was a the guy. Yeah, so yeah, the guy and from uh, Hannibal. Right. And then there was something. What, what? Pigs, oh, pigs, pigs. That's what pigs, it was. Pigs. pigs. Oh, I see. I got it back yeah, there. Hold it all back. You really didn't like a like a good fly fisherman. You are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like got the boom. I got it on the line. Okay, so it is. Yes, it is indeed talking about pigs. So it was. We were talking about Bricktop. Bricktop. Yeah. Like I like I think so. Bricktop burns down like because he's vengeful and violent burns down the RV with Brad Pitt's mom in it. And Brad Pitt is so depressed. He drinks before the fight and all this sort of lead up. Well, um, they also yeah, say, this is what Irish people do. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. they also make that, you know, they make a very uh, a stereotypical, I don't want to say racist, but they basically make a. I, I'm half Irish a, and, in, and I'm an example of this. Making a, they're making a, 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 a cultural, it's cultural, cultural cultural generalization that yeah, I am right. certainly a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to, like, if, if it sounds like we're being uh, against the Irish, I, I will take at least 50% of the hit on that. Right. And, uh, and uh, I still enjoy the movie. But the, um, um, but yeah, so like, that then motivates the plot in a different direction, which is vengeance for Brad Pitt's dead mom. Right. Uh, and because it did seem interesting to me because he's such a high emotional character that clearly has this big relationship with his mom, right? Mm-hmm. But after his mom is dead and he's sitting there at the at the burning caravan that's still smoldering, he's like and uh, and and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stanton comes up to it, or Turkish comes up to it and says, "Really sorry about your mom." It's like, "Why are you sorry? You didn't do anything, did you?" And it's like, "Hold on a second, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right?" Mm. Uh-huh. Yes, that's yeah. right. And that's it really is like, wait a minute, he's awfully calm considering his mom just died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah but uh, but yeah, so suffice to say, that's what leads us through to the end of the movie, uh, where all these plots finally sort of crash together into. One one big mess. 
uh and uh and to tie it all off dennis Frenick goes back home and uh and declares my one of my, my other favorite lines do you have anything to declare yeah don't go to england <laughs> <laughs> He was so genius. Uh, Where's Victoria? Where's Victoria? (laughs) And don't go to England. Two of the greats. (laughs) Two of the absolute greats. I still love my favorite Dennis Farina line is actually from Get Shorty. When he says, they say it's the fucking, (laughs) they say it's the fucking pollution that makes the sunset so fucking beautiful in Los Angeles. (laughs) One of the lines he puts out there. Which is great. Also, it's a nonverbal, my favorite nonverbal Dennis Farina line uh, in Get Shorty is he's at a hotel and he steps up to the curb and there's a cab. Like, just uh. the line. Do you remember this line? He does this. I'm just doing it in a video where he just snaps his finger and he goes like this, just points to the curb and the cab just drives up like 10 feet and then he gets into the cab. <laughs> yeah, so, so good, dude. So good. Oh. Uh, Get Shorty, I love that film. He's no longer with us, right? No, he passed away. Yeah, no, he did. He did he sadly, sadly passed away, which uh, destroys yeah, my like hope. a while ago, like ten years yeah. ago. I was really hoping no. for a uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted a third edition of the uh, really. Oh. Farina died ten years ago. It's been. I don't know if it's been ten. I'm years, looking it up. Were, looking yeah. it up. He passed away in 2013. So yeah, there you go. Close to ten. What? And he was 69. Well, that's sad. A little bit early. Yeah, he was uh, born in Chicago, by the way. Yeah, the, the yeah, Farina and uh, and out of sight uh, as Jennifer Lopez's dad when he says to Michael Keaton, uh, uh, if he asks him if as a cop does he because he he like uh, like Keaton's wearing like a an FBI t shirt like right there, a, cop, a police t shirt that basically identifies him as a cop and he's like he's like do you ever one that wear one that says undercover. <laughs> Like I always wanted to see a a third movie that has Michael Keaton in it because he plays the same character, Ray Nicolette in Out of Sight, Jackie Brown, and I know there must be another. Oh my Elmer god, that's right, Jackie Brown. He was the TFA. Yeah, uh, he is, and it's the same guy. It's the yeah. same dude. Yeah, both yeah. are based on Elmer Leonard books. I'm sure Ray Nicolette shows up again. Someone yeah. can uh, write us about that. Someone needs to make the the last Ray Nicolette movie with Michael Keaton before too long because michael keaton is a national gem and uh you want to make sure you get it under the wire (laughs) that guy's a treasure he is a treasure yeah uh this was a big hit locks i mean um uh, was a huge hit hit. yeah yeah that was a big one snatch was a big hit and i think you know there was something about that time that was was exciting i mean it wasn't not you know not 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 dissimilar to uh pulp fiction where like it had an editing style and a violent style and, 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 and some comedy and everything to, and, and music, really music, there's a lot of music, you know, best. you know, and the music was almost like a, a little bit too strong in, in, in this one. Right. To me, like, I think that the, if you're going to do like needle drops uh, type music, like they do, I still think uh, uh, train spotting did it better than Trainspotting's most. pretty great. Right. Yeah. really really good uh this one he like like for example like when he, he when he knocks the guy out in the when, when um uh, brad pitt knocks the guy out in the, the very first one and they play uh you know uh golden brown at the thing mm-hmm. it's like 
was I got it, but it wasn't appropriate. You know what I mean? Can I can I ask if anyone else has this feeling? I sometimes I think there's a disconnect between American and British needle drops in films. Yes. And like that like general very, very generally speaking, uh UK pop song like UK choices in pop songs in movies are always a little off brand to me. And like, uh, like I'm just like, well, there is, it's called the needle disparity. And the needle disparity. there was a research <laughs> paper. So it's, 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 it's mostly because it's 240 volts versus 110. Like how many prongs does this thing have? I don't understand. Yeah. But yeah, like I, cause yeah. it was thicker in the UK. The plugs. Right. <laughs> you just have to really cram them in there. But yeah, yeah. that's like the, uh, uh, like you watch love actually like love actually, which is a movie I genuinely really adore. I think it's a little lovely little movie. Yeah. Um, um, like it's good. No, it is what it is. I mean, if you like it, like you know, you know that's totally understandable. And I, and I like rom coms. It's just a little too much. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like it's a greatest hits rom com. And if you're not, right. it's not going to work for you. But like all the music in that movie and in other movies like that from England, like I go like, is that the best version of the song you have? <laughs> or is that the only right. one you can afford? Like I don't train know why spotting. that's true. Train spotting. Train spotting. I'll take it back all for train spotting. Train spotting is where train spotting is right. just. Is just beautiful. What makes a great needle drop for you, though? Uh, it's it's the it's the the moment change, right? And, and right. it was they Dang. do that they do that a lot in in train spotting, where they're like, "I'm going to drop the needle here to show a change of mood," right. and you're into it, right? Like they do it, you know. They do, uh, you know, uh, what's the but guy's? the unique thing about the thing is that for train spotting. Um, you know, he's using, there's such a range of, cause I know that there's a, um, a Daniel Lenoir one where he's in the toilet. That's from Apollo right. Right, uh, yeah, soundtrack. Yeah. And That's then a good he goes one. to Lou, you know, just a perfect day. Yeah. Right? He goes to Lou. That's, that's no, just a perfect day is when he, he has the heroin overdose. No, they were sh uh, shooting things in the park. No, per, in, in train spotting, perfect day is when he has the heroin overdose and he goes to the hospital. Uh, I could have sworn when he sinks was... into the carpet. When he sinks into the carpet, that's that is. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the Lou Reed track right. that he does. Right. right, that's true. That's very true. Uh, the and then they do the club scene. The other one that was really good was the atomic. Club atomic. Wow, wow, wow. The club wow. scene was also done Blondie. with uh, with no uh, uh, underworld. The underworld soundtrack and that was in uh, Train Spotting was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, uh, 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 God, what's his name? Uh, God. Ricard Strauss. No, no, no. The opening, the opening soundtrack to uh, to Train Spotting is. Uh, lust for life lust for life thank you that's what it is. Yeah. which is incredible i mean like that's, that's not so much a, that's not quite a needle drop in the that's not quite a needle drop but it sets just, the mood <laughs> it's perfect like, uh, like you, I here's think the like, deal yeah. here's the real thing was is if you think about that uh lou that song perfect day was produced mm -hmm. by david bowie lust for life was produced by david bowie yes and oh uh, really yeah, oh yeah, a little bit of a, in there. A couple more, yeah. It was so the touch of Bowie in that was huge. Yep. Um, oh, you know who also has some really great needle drops in this movie, and it's not English. 
Uh, and it somehow just popped in my head because I was thinking about like, I'm just now I'm thinking about movies that have great sudden needle drop moments. Uh, Garden State. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Like, I, I think that but Garden State's one of those sort of like overrated, underrated movies where it's not quite overrated. Do you think it's overrated? I think that no, like people now perceive that it's greatly overrated. And I think that like, I think it's a little underrated now. They've been overrating it for so long that I'm like, should bring it back. It's actually a pretty good movie. Like that's a good yeah. solid movie. I like that movie a lot. It I is. Think that, like it's one of those things where it was so um, like twee Gen Xy stuff that people are just like, oh, fucking Garden State, and they're stupid. Wow. And, like, and they got upset about it, and then forgot that the movie is actually really quite sweet and entertaining. Right. You know, um, and it's sort of like how we we're talking about Saturday Night's Fever before just like people forgot right. that the movie's fucking good just because you got upset over some other bullshit what about what was the other one the very gen xy movie that came out um with winona writer oh, oh, um, reality bites reality bites reality bites yeah that's right because there's reality bites and there's singles and i always mix them up reality yeah. bites reality yeah. bites feels like a little too gen xy like for really... those are both pretty heavily trying to, like it was gen x trying to like go this is the gen x experience and now you look right. back like yeah we're kind of we're kind of grasping for to to pigeonhole ourselves right there right um, which is know. funny because right now we are a little bit i'm not i'm not trying to despair but we are a little bit the 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 background character like you know we're, we're, the, our, our characters as I, we, <laughs> we're, while all the shit's going down and people are fighting whether joker is a good movie or a bad movie we're sitting here with a popcorn just kind of laughing yeah like i like, yeah because I, I i am honestly so like it is so fantastic how like and a fantastic meaning like i'm stunned as opposed to i enjoy this mm -hmm. like how angry people are getting over such stupid shit fucking nonsense the most unimportant things, things in the world right yeah like it's wild and i'm just i'm just talking like on film twitter like yep. not even about anything that's socially important yeah there's plenty of things to discuss absolutely we're just talking about like we need to flip out about this and yep. everyone needs to take like go to the other side of the room and start firing cannons at each other i'm like who gets up who likes this who enjoys this <laughs> yeah. know, like there's no conversation happening it's unbelievable like i will bring up you know, i'll bring up one right now and i'll try and like i'll i'll frame it as calmly as i can i'm going to be going to see hopefully soon the anthony Bourdain documentary that's come out uh, yes which looks great and has gotten great reviews. did i not sound like uh, ed mcmahon on that yes 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 um and People are extremely mad. They have not seen the film. Uh, they are extremely AI. mad yeah. about the fact that some of Bourdain's letters are read by an AI that's trained to sound like Bourdain's voice. The reason why we know this is because the filmmaker said this is what he did. So he's being obviously very straightforward right. about it. The way it's being said in the media is like Anthony Bourdain is reading words he never actually said. Or like, saying you know, words he never actually but he wrote, he them. wrote them. This is actually <laughs> his text. He really wrote this. Uh and I think that this is a like people are getting like so high horsey about it, it blows my mind. Because like now, number one, uh I understand people being freaked out and scared of AI. AI like people being able to reproduce voices perfectly and make people say things they didn't say. Yeah. That's an easily abused technology. That is not what's happening in this movie. Like that's clearly no, not what, what's no, going no, on. no. But let me ask you this though. Let me, let me mm -hmm. take, let me take another step back from all of that. And mm -hmm. you're going like, it's bullshit that they're offended by this, et cetera. And, oh, I'm offended by this, et cetera. But I'm taking another step back. It's like, 
wait, hold on a second. Let's think about it from the filmmaker's perspective because mm-hmm. they had choices they could make. They could say, we're going to hire, you know, uh, you know, at, you know, whoever the fuck they want, you know, uh, you know, Lawrence, whatever, someone yeah, to whoever. read, right. someone to read the letters that he wrote as part of the narrative. Right. Or we can create an AI of him doing this. When you consciously say we're going to make an AI to read the voice of this, you know you're about to go into some controversy. So the only reason you're doing this is to say, let's get controversial and get more buzz about this movie. Oh, yeah, I, therefore, I, 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 I am going to get more and more people to see this I, how about, because of how that. About, because he had such a distinct voice. And he was so beloved and he died tragically by having that voiceover. There's a connection to his words a no, little bit better. No, no, this is a marketing oh, stunt. I, this well, is no, a marketing wait, 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 stunt. Before we, we turn to the same mess, like I'm saying, like in that, when we don't know the filmmaker, we don't know anything about him, and I can't get inside his yes, head. We do. There's, there's, <laughs> I, there's, the I met someone like that before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like we don't know what his intentions are. I think it's perfectly legitimate to assume that he didn't mean for to hurt anybody's feelings. Like, at least that much or you just go no but there's fine. a conscious level there's, there's a there consciousness be, of this yeah sure there, there may be like hey maybe we can get some fucking traction on this if it causes a little controversy that may also be true like he may not even be snidely whiplash about that like he may just go this is an interesting way to try and market the movie uh, like i think that it, there's a, a certainly a wide enough range of explanations for this that my experience of something like that is is the movie any good and that's it like, I don't give a shit about anything sure. else. Like, it doesn't no. really matter. Like, the guy could be a total fucking asshole. My question is, is the movie any good? Right? Because, like, when it comes down to a documentary, like, this is the thing that really sets me off about it. And I don't want to get angry myself about it. But it's like, if people are getting mad about this, then they should really try to look at what they believe documentary is. Like, if if you're watching a movie, you are watching a story. This is not... Uh, the this is not Reuters, like right. this is someone yeah. taking footage of a dead person who has spoken, rearranging all those words in an edit the way that they like it, not confirming it with the dead guy because he's dead, and telling a story that the filmmaker wants you to experience from his point of view, not from Anthony Bourdain. Like right. if you're worried about the ethical dilemma of like having a someone do a voice impression of Anthony Bourdain, then you should already be upset about watching a documentary about him. Like it's, this is an essay. Documentary is an essay form. And yeah, like I come from the Werner Herzog view of this where Werner Herzog in many of his movies, like say the white diamond, which is an incredible movie. Like the white diamond is, you know, this, you know, documentary, but this guy trying to create this machine to, you can watch the movie. It's great. But there's a point which Werner Herzog is like, we've interviewed people in the surrounding jungle area of this place. And, uh, and these people told us that behind this waterfall is this, it's very special and amazing place that they're going to take us to. That really, that really shows you this, the sacredness of life. It's so beautiful. And he tells you how beautiful it is. That's not true. It doesn't exist. Werner Herzog is making that up. And he said so. And you know, in interviews, he's like, no, it's totally made up. That's it. Because I'm telling you the truth. I'm not telling you a list of facts. I'm telling you I'm trying to describe an idea to you. And that's where you need to come from when you're watching these things. Like right. there's no responsibility towards the audience in terms of anything but saying what you feel about a thing and you do that through editorial through reenactment through all these tools 
But all of this stuff is essentially manipulating the audience. That's the goal of what you're doing when you make the movie. So if you are worried about this robot sounds like Anthony Bourdain, you're way on down the track of what is a moral difficulty. Right. You know, and people are getting so fucking rigidly pissed off about it. And what they're really being pissed off is they're afraid of AI. Like, that's what's most. Well, they, yeah. yeah, where they're like, oh, whatever you don't I don't know if you guys knew that story um, probably like three years ago uh, about that this woman who, for me, the most, prof- and I, I didn't have a visceral reaction to it. It scared me. But at the same time, that's the evolution of the way science and technology is going. And it made me question uh, existence in a different way. But she lost her brother very young, but they texted every day. So she was also a computer scientist. So she and some friends created a program that would take all his texts. Mm-hmm. And every day she'd get a new text from him. It'd be yeah, different because right. it was, th- and it was like he was alive. And that concept. Yep. Yeah, it's very hard. So actually, you know, interesting you brought that up. So uh, uh, my uh, my uh, distant uncle, Rudy Rucker, uh, has this thing where he's trying to build himself a life box. And that life box. What is a life box? Well, the idea is that you take everything you've ever done, like written or whatever, put it into this AI system to be basically a representation of you. So you can continue to communicate with the life box after you're dead. Right. Right. And I was like, well, why? Okay. So I, I mean, I get the general concept, right? You just feed enough data to an AI in certain systems and you give it some rules and et cetera, et cetera. You can actually do something with that. Just like your, 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 the, the story you told Eric, where this woman's like, get a random text from your bro- dead brother. But, uh, but this is more like, you know, relevant to conversation is what, what he's doing. But I said, well, why would you want to do that? And he says, because I'm afraid of dying. Right. And I, and that's a very genuine thing to say, but it's also a very pertinent to his books, right? His book is about like, if you look at, you know, listen to the the software trilogy, like that's the guy who like is, it starts off with an old computer science guy who's kind of forgotten and he's dying Mm -hmm. and the robots that have evolved from his, uh, invention have created a way to download his brain into a computer so he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. They can just right. put his brain into a young body every time right. so he can Whoa. basically live forever. Right. That's, I mean, that's, you know, it sounds kind of a, a quirky thing, but back when he wrote it, it was kind of a novel idea. But that's sure. really what we're trying to do, right? We're like, okay, my, my, my body is degenerating and, you know, Dan, you and I have mentioned it many times. Like we're, you know, we're we're, we're fifty. We're a little older than Eric, but um, it's true. I mean, he's thirty six, but you know, thirty six. So I'll get there. I'm thirty seven this summer. Thirty seven, right? Okay, that's true. So, yeah. so, so, but we, are, you and I, are like sitting there going, oh, you know, like we're trying to remember certain things that we that used to be so easy to remember before, and and it's not that necessarily that we're you know we've got dementia or anything else. It's just that we're looking for the words, right? So. We're not able to regenerate those things as, as quickly as we did. And so um, we definitely have wisdom that 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 is stuck with us, but we don't have the longevity that we used to have. And I can Absolutely. feel that. Right. I can feel it much more now these days, you know? Right. So, and I, and I think that like Rucker's, I mean, Rucker's visionary, 
number of ways and it's totally awesome science fiction writer uh and to get like i think there is legitimate things to talk about you know with it say with the bourdain voice thing like right. there's a there's real stuff to talk about like uh, ethical things to talk about with that technology 1000 percent right yeah. and uh and the like the usage and what it means to us and like you're saying it's just like what is it what is it to be uh uh uh, replicated in that way. Like, what does it mean for actors? What does it mean for whatever? There's all sorts of shit you can talk about. Um, but I think that our relationship to media has become so weirdly broken that we, we just start to think of what like movies that we, well, see, it doesn't know. it come back to exactly what you were talking about. Joker at the beginning, we right. want to be offended. It, yeah. And like, well, I'm, yeah, I think that's, yes, exactly. I mean, so going like, back to two, plus hours ago like we right. want to be offended by things and like so it, like when the two were really the like this is gonna kill everyone ah oh, right. no 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 it's like jesus christ just keep it fucking up yeah you know because like, i'm not like i like i think it's i don't think it's unreasonable to be afraid of ai but the thing is that if you are thinking you know what ai is going to do you don't like there's no way to yeah. know that like there's just no way to know that and uh, the best way to get ahead of it, if you actually are afraid, is to think about stuff as opposed to simply react fearfully to it. Right. right? And so, like, uh, the, the conversation that should come up with uh, something like this isn't, I will not watch this film because they, how they, dare they, you know, blah, 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 something, something. So, well, like, because what they're saying, like, the, the argument they're generating doesn't match what they're angry about. Because, like, I can... I can easily win that argument because they're all like, if that's what you're talking about, if that's what you're really mad about, like I said, you have plenty of other things to be mad about in the filmmaking itself. Right. And now to be clear, this is not a movie I've seen. I've only know the existence of this thing. So I'm not talking about the quality of the movie. I'm talking about the idea of editing documentaries of dead people, which we constantly watch all the time. Like sure. that is a shaping and repurposing of stuff that they said into other things that they maybe never meant. That has constant, and we totally accept it. We accept reenactments. We accept all sorts of shit like that. That's totally normal. So right. being mad about AI voice reading is silly, if that's what your argument is. But what you're really arguing about is, uh, this freaks me out. Well, the way that it's phrased in the, I mean, you can just look it up. There's headlines that are like, AI recreates Anthony Bourdain's voice to say things he never said, which is which not implies true. exactly, yeah. which implies that basically they're changing what he said. He nope. wrote those things. Yeah. They're using an AI to read his letters. Right. It is no different <laughs> than his own an actor voice, to do that. right? It's so exactly let, let me ask you a question: When they use those, you can get a, a the the scientist who had that talk box. Hmm. It's almost like. You can get angry. Like they use different voices through talk boxes to interpret things. What right, was it? Right. Hawkins. It's like, yeah. I don't understand. If it helps drive the narrative and you talk about it, right. there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, because um, exactly. Plus, it, my it take is that work, then it you works. have no control over it because it really right. is something that it's on its own. You know, it's a really interesting thing if, I can, if I'm allowed to talk. Um, God is, damn it. Uh, no, is that I listened to um, an old recording, and I'll put it in the chat room. 
of Jim Morrison in 1970 in an interview, he was so intelligent and he was talking about the technology, how it will eventually overtake everybody. And it was just like the, the 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 science and technology and the way computers are going, it will overtake us all. And the that concept of the poet and the artist is just going to be this is an interesting uncontrollable. Idea. This is a really interesting idea because I think what it, I, I I think that what is really I think that he is partially right in an unexpected way. It has nothing to do with the technology. It has to do with our response to the technology, and that we aren't taking responsibility. For, we are we are encouraging each other to not take responsibility for being poets and artists like we are letting that go and then complaining that we let go like it's not the fucking technology it's us like this is for us to maintain and make real it isn't the, it isn't you know it's like i get into this argument all the time with people are just like oh you paint in photoshop I, you're not really painting i'm like well i can also paint with oils or i can paint with whatever you want but that's a tech that's a technical element like yeah. the art is coming from my head not from the machine i'm sharing it with everybody yeah. um, guys and it's it's usually you imagine pardon me dan him okay. at that stage as he died a year later is somebody who was just constantly drunk right. um, but he wasn't he was super intelligent and it's an interesting thing you know when his closest friends was who who's a dear friend of his was mm was uh, a song he wrote a song you know that song i woke up this morning and had myself a beer yeah right that's about right. his best friend no, or his okay. dear was alice cooper oh there oh, you go nice. you know, the alice connection there it is there it is all right uh guys Wait, how oh, strange is that very very interesting i i i want to actually uh uh, uh, uh rod or uh, take a, a slight break sure and we are going to take a two-minute break and after we get back we're going to sort of wrap some of the ideas out about British gangster films. Yeah. Now we went on a little bit of a tangent, which is, you know, the How long has it been? Thing. it's been two hours and 17 minutes since we started. It's nice. Um, uh, we will uh, get back into it. So we're just going to run. If you guys want to basically look at the link that's in, if you guys are, uh, don't have are subscribed, you can look at the, the video that Eric put on there. But if you want to continue the conversation, you guys, uh, we would uh, you know, please subscribe to the channel and you won't get ads. But and you won't get ads. Right. And we're going to talk about all the good stuff right now. So. Uh, yeah, all the good that. stuff, all the secret right. codes. There yep. you go. Yeah. The Da Vinci Codes. No, uh, what was the what was the, something I was going to – oh. Listen to that the, interview, by the way, guys. It's, it's shockingly surprising and okay. beautiful. And he's right. so – he's really intelligent in it. Right. I and, did a uh, – what, what, what did I? What did I? I watched a Carl Sagan interview on Johnny Carson about him criticizing Star Wars. It was hilarious. That's right. I saw <laughs> that. that. Did you see that? I, I gotta see that. That I've sounds great. Yeah. That sounds great. This is like you know, how is it possible that you know it's in a galaxy far, far away, and they all just look like humans? Not only do they look like humans, they look like white humans, right? <laughs> it's just some random white. <laughs> and because it's just white humans, and everyone else is a bunch of monsters, and it's just right, right. the white people. Like, yeah, there's other creatures kind of but uh, the sure. only people that are actually in power are white people and why didn't the wookie get a medal what's up with the no wookie not getting a medal yeah no medal for the wookie i'm That's like true. god damn it and he's absolutely right it's like yeah I mean, like it's the—that's the kind of unconscious stuff that happens all, all the time. That is the kind of stuff that people would get like crazy angry about today. That I think is—it's like, better to look at that and just say, like, yeah, well, it's an example of how you know 
like like we were unconsciously doing that at that time right like it's like no it's true. i don't, I don't want women in the workforce yeah oh wait what yeah right like, there's no know, women in the workforce yeah, well that's not my fault i just hired my buddies they all happen to be men they all have to be guys exactly. <laughs> like the like like that's the thing is like all these like everything that's everything that is talked about is very is very true and and very much in need of being addressed right but uh but getting super mad at individuals about any particular aspect of it is spinning wheels to me. Like if you're really right. commit, if you're really committed to change in this stuff, it actually is better to remain persistent and not angry and right. say like, and to re just keep on re-explaining, like, listen, you know, this is how we like, this is, these are the mistakes we were making unconsciously back in that time. That's very true. And surprise, surprise, there are mistakes that we are all making right now. That we also don't know that in the f- in the future people will be like, oh, how could you have ever done that? My God, you treated animals like that. Animals talk and have houses, and you know, like they're legit members of society now. And we'll, we'll right. be like, we don't know. What are you gonna do? You know. And so, like the the uh, uh, like, and, and that's to serve as no comparison for anybody. But I'm just saying, like the that have some perspective that if you're super 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 mad you're actually not contributing to solving stuff. You're actually making things more arch, which makes it more intractable and more difficult to solve. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why I'm against this kind of like the kind of not just when it's, when it creeps into like, it's bad enough when it's about legitimate things like, you know, like LGBTQ plus rights, which are, you know, this is a real thing to talk about. Um, But when it creeps into like fucking, you know, some random bullshit coming out of con, like guys, it's movies. <laughs> like these, none of this stuff is real, and we yep. should not be killing each other over it. Like, yeah. don't be silly. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, this. It's bad enough that people flip cars and uh, throw punches after after basketball games. We don't need to start doing it after fucking Anthony Bourdain documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Idiotic. Yeah, get your head together. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the uh, British uh, gangster films. Right let's on, right on. there. Are we back on? Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, been on for a couple on. minutes. Yeah, no, nice. There we go. Minutes. Let's get back to British uh, gangster films. I mean, uh, there is a actually goes back to Get Carter, right? There is something about the underground Cockney oh, exit. <laughs> right there's yeah. something about that that persona that character that's an important part of all of this stuff even what, what dead man shoes remember dead man shoes yeah sure. yeah right. yeah yeah that uh, was yeah, that was really cool thank you for uh you know uh uh neil who recommend that but uh yep. but there's uh uh there's some really like there's a something about the i don't know some reason the accents make a difference. That's kind of why I was going to like making a joke about that uh, Bill Hader thing. That's but so good. <laughs> there's something about the accents that, that, that has a class Russell system. Russell Brand was in that. That was hilarious. Yeah. It's funny yeah. As well. that was so yeah good. That has something about the class system that, that that is defined by these accents. That is so interesting because I even remember there was, you know, when I was working at a company and there were these people that are with, and then, we had an English person on there and then the other person, English person joined and that person was saying, was like, well, this person is higher class than me because their accent is slightly, and I 
didn't even notice the difference in accent, right. but they did. Right. So the way that you speak defines your class, the way that you say yeah, certain general. words defines right. where you lie in society. Right. Now, does that actually, do you think that that has makes a difference? Obviously we do that in America as well. Right. If you have a thick Brooklyn yeah, accent, yeah, thick we, Boston like, accent or whatever. We have rigid in like we have rigid class structure rules as well, but they're mm. not uh, they're not expressed in the same way, and uh, and like we use like for, like in English, but the space between the geom the, the the geography of the 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 the, the accents are is much broader in the United States. Like right, literally, we're, one, we're huge. We're, we're enormous. a huge country, right. but one neighborhood right. to the next neighborhood has a different. Yeah, accent, and like you can but... see, like within within the like if you go to Massachusetts, you know, like there are as you just said, like there are different levels of the of Massachusetts accent. There's like twelve different Massachusetts accents. Sure. Like when people think of Massachusetts accent, they either think of Kennedy. like uh, uh, Kennedy or of South Boston. Those are the two things. Right. Think of. I promise you, there's a zillion more than that. Sure. Right. Uh, and and all of these things represent it's the oldest state too. So. Yeah, and like this is like. The, uh, like all that stuff represents certain class hierarchy for sure within mm -hmm. a small range. Like nobody in sure. California knows the difference between, you know, Southie and, and, and Hyannisport or any of that stuff. Right. right? Um, but like, uh, because we're so spread out, there's no way to, there's no sort of lockdown uh, compare and contrast between any element of the country because it's too big. England being very small, like there's another huge number of accents but everyone is aware of them and they know what the currency of those accents are, you know? And yeah. so if, if you have this accent versus a posh accent or something like this, it's going to say basically where you come from and whether right. or not you can leave that socioeconomic era. Like I'm sure that is less true now than it was in 1980 when that movie came out. Um, right. But it's certainly like the British system has always been extremely hierarchical. Uh, America works very differently and, in my opinion, much even like even more cruelly, um, because we look for things like you know the color of your skin, you know, and that's how we money. Like, they look at the know. color of your skin in England too. It, well, absolutely true, absolutely true. But like they like uh, and like there's and there's all sorts of issues with that in England. But like like there's like where we like we actually sociopolitically plan for poor communities by race color still like you don't say it out loud but people still do that and gerrymander around that stuff so like sure. that's where that stuff shows up you know it's yeah, just not as it's not it's not as uh like having a language an interaction language where two people find themselves in an elevator and judge each other instantly by their voice that's a little more rare you just go oh you have a southern accent so you're from the south <laughs> you know, well, that's about it well, I will tell you a story about, you know, my, my, my wife, who has a very continental accent, uh, even mm -hmm. uh, uh, from Texas. Uh, but when we went to a cocktail party in Connecticut and she was speaking to someone, she says, where are you from? And she says, I'm from Houston, Texas. And the person said, but you speak so well. But you speak so well. Absolutely. Right. And of yeah. course, that was enough of, of a red that is yeah. Connecticut, and that's a red flag about how ridiculous that is. So yeah. right. um, it is something. Now, there is also, like, for example, like the upper class, quote unquote, upper class accent. I found out then there's a name for it, and I'm going to call it the Fraser Crane and Niles Crane accent of English. 
It's actually oh, yes. called it like an Atlantic. It's the Atlantic accent, accent which is right. an invented accent. Right. It's, it's supposed to slightly English yes. sounding. Yep. Like right. Cary Grant had had that accent, and uh, right. yeah. Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Instead Hepburn. Long ah, like it's so good to see you, kind of stuff. Right. And then, and then and it gets exaggerated in Long Island, which is called the Long Island Lockjaw. Exactly. Yeah, so it's a cramped version of the same thing. Well, uh, they call it lockjaw because your teeth are stuck together right. and you're talking like this right. the whole time. Right. Long time on lockjaw. Anti-Mame. Do you guys ever remember watching Anti-Mame? Anti-Mame. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He stepped on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. But yeah, it's like you get uh, uh, like in Boston – you know, nobody in a movie outside of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and Casey Affleck can do a proper Boston accent. Right. Uh, and like, in, like a, I'm, not, I'm not from, I lived in Boston for 11 years. I'm, I'm from the area. I'm from Cape Cod. Uh, it's and, not and Boston. <laughs> it is not Boston. That's 20 miles. That's, you know, 50 miles outside of Boston. And, right. uh, and, uh, and fr- from that area, you can instantly tell when a Boston accent is incorrect and which is always right. Mm-hmm. Except when you have someone who can actually do it, like Casey Affleck, like it knocks you out of the movie because you can't stop thinking about how fucking awesome his accent is. Right. <laughs> he's just like, he's nailing it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like it's on fire. The, 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 the right. SNL thing that he did with the, 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 uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial was oh, that so. Was the, I'm, I'm was, not smoking him, Mark. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking him, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. Was like it shouldn't be. Well, also, like, I mean, you. I mean, it's not as much today. Maybe not, but I mean, you know, not long ago, you could tell the difference between a Brooklyn accent and a Bronx accent, right? Sure. They were two different accents, and it's right. like this is just a different borough of, of Manhattan, yeah, and definitely not Manhattan. Manhattan right. was mostly more Atlantic accents, right? Manhattan oh, yeah. was the rich city. That's posh. Yeah, that's exactly. posh, right? right? So, uh, which is an English word, by the way. Yes, absolutely. The posh accent in England is, you know, that's the very, uh, this is very up here. God, that's, I can't do it very well, but that's right. the kind of sound that it is. Uh, versus like you hear. Now, is it right? Is it right? So I've been taught that the word posh means port out starboard home. Which, oh, yeah. I'd heard that too. I don't which know. Which refers true, yeah. to uh, your ship to India being on the shady side of the boat during right. the trip. Right. That's right. Yes. Makes sense to me, man. Posh. Yeah. Yeah, whether that's true, I'm going to spread that. I love that one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. But yeah, no, I think that's it's it's totally fascinating because that is because like the locked in nature of that I think is entirely due to the because I was when I was in uh, the UK I was I think this happens for every American I'm like you're shocked at how fast you can get everywhere you're just like holy shit I drove across the entire country <laughs> like right. didn't take any time at all you know and so for it to be this very uh, like compressed experience tends to lock in those identities very, very clearly. Whereas us, us it's very regional. And so we don't have a way to trade right. that value back and forth. And right. And I mean, and honestly, the same is true with like Southern accents. Southern accents are massively varied. Oh, but, there's like oh, yeah. 30 Between Louisiana, yeah. you know. Louisiana and, you know. and Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia is like the most, I mean, it might as well be like singing an opera when you're in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the same is true in France, by the way. Like French accents are like massively varied as well. No, and I know uh, I, I 
I, I may be completely wrong about this. I understand that the Louisiana accent, uh, like the Bayou accent, is actually from French Canadian. Yes, Cajuns. Cajuns are Cajun uh, are Cajun, Cajuns are um, Acadians, which came from 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 Montreal area. That's wild. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the Acadians. So that's the the French Canadians came down to Louisiana during that whole process. So that's why they're called. There were Acadians, and they came down, and that became Cajun. Mm -hmm. And yes, so there there there's a relationship between. French Canadian and Louisiana in the deep South. That's really wild. Only as a French is concerned. Now French Canadian or Cajun is the, that accent is, has nothing to do with any with the other southern, southern accents no, at all. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. It yeah, has. It is just the complete. It might as well be a different country. Might as right. well be in you know Timbuktu. It's like it is definitely of the most unusual. English accent right. uh, and in their French is just as unusual, by the way, right. it's just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I remember actually very specifically, I mean, this is my, you know, I, I, I mean, I mentioned how I did my trip from New York to, to Texas on my car. And I sort of uh, uh, was uh, traveling through Louisiana to get there. And I, I kind of did, I was traveling along one of those very long bridges across the swamplands, mm -hmm. right. and I didn't know how much longer the bridge was going to go until <laughs> I had to because I was going to run out of gas. Right. I was like, when when am I going to get to the next gas station? So I found like along this, you know, it's something like a thirty or forty mile bridge, right? It's like ridiculously long. Uh, and I, I found like one of the stops it was like, it was just a little Island. It became a rest stop. And I got there and I, and I pulled over and I, and I saw this guy there and, you know, as a, he's a, a Cajun, Cajun guy. And I asked him, it's like, you know, do you know how long, where's the next uh, gas station along here? And he replied to me and have no fucking idea what he said. And I, <laughs> I really, you know, like I speak, like English and I speak French as well. Right. And I didn't know what he was talking to me in French or he was talking to me in English. And, uh, I was like, okay. All right. Have there been in your travels, you've been to parts of France and you yeah. speak French that you yeah. were like totally confused. Oh, in French. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Depend. I mean, there's just Parisians as much speak differently from the country. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Or in yeah. the south, or or oh, or absolutely. Right. French is very, very white. And I, I remember, I actually remember very. Uh, I went to visit my 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 good friend, and uh, he uh, his uh, his uh, exactly. You're bringing up exactly all the points that I'm seeing in these movies in terms of the accents. The same is in France. So I was at um, uh, my my buddy. He lived. Uh, uh, his grandfather lived in Normandy, and he was, you know what you would almost call the, the classic gentleman farmer, right? Mm -hmm. Like generations and generations had many farms of, of, uh, in Normandy. Uh, and by the way, when I went to his house, he had a, a letter, uh, 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 thanking him from Eisenhower for the invasion, basically for right. assisting an invasion. So that right. like, it, it goes back there. Right. But anyway, uh, I, I visited, you know, some of the, the farms he had and hung out with some of the farmers that were there. And there was such massive differences in their accent. Like the father spoke a, or his grandfather spoke this proper English, uh, French, French, right. Very understandable, very clear, 
like like you would you would expect from like you know a, 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 a French teacher to speak in clear, right. perfect Christ, tones. Yes, yeah, right, right. And then there was another farmer who had a very sing-songy, uh, uh, you know, like you would almost like if you know, I'm gonna equate it to a Georgia accent, right? Right, right. Where it was like very clear, but you know, not as, you know, ba, 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 as, as the other accent was. And then there was another farmer who was there who I could barely understand because he kind of mumbled all his words together and it was like an accent. Right. Uh -huh. And I don't, it's not necessarily his voice or his accent. It's like, I, and, it, and to me, it's like, that was, you know, more of like a Mississippi accent to me, like, as a, a, right. like if I'm going to do an equivalent to this, right. Where it right. was when I was in Mississippi, it was like, Oof, what okay, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little harder, yeah. right? Okay, they mumble right. a little bit more in Mississippi, right? In Georgia, they don't mumble. In more in Georgia, they act they make sure you understand absolutely every single word that's coming that's out of their mouth, right? Yeah. They right. really make sure that they say absolutely everything. In in Mississippi, they're gonna do a little bit like that. You know, they that's where you get the terms like did you eat turns into G. Right. Right. So, so it's a little bit different. So, so right. okay. I'm not trying to disparage that, that accent. I'm just saying the nature of the way people talk. And I'm not saying that everyone speaks that way, but yeah. it's just kind of the, the idea. And, it, but in Georgia, no matter what your class is, mm -hmm. I'm just going to say you are generally a little bit more, you, 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 you take your time saying every syllable. Yeah, that's right. The, right. Like that, that's the, like, that's the thing is that I think that we, you know, like, like it is common, even like I, I, I do this, I still do this and I try not to do it is like, you know, when you do like, I'm going to play this, I'm going to, you know, do my stupid voice for the part of this joke. Right. And, right. uh, and I was doing about so, so like, then, so you throw that accent out there. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's real people that actually talk like this. And here I am just broadly calling them assholes. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's the, like that is the, like that's, the, I, I try to avoid that kind of stuff right now. Yeah. And, like, and I think that that's the same thing that happens. And like the way that people in uh, long, uh, long Good Friday uh, judge each other is like the way that we treat Southerners, you know, in a really broad sense. Like if you're going to do the stupid yes. voice, it's this. You know, well, yeah, and, and the thing is, I think that especially in especially Northeasterners, like especially, you know, like the one was like, oh, you're from Texas, but you speak so well. You speak so well. Fuck Good God. You. Fuck you. Do you wonder why? Do you wonder why we are in a situation you are? Because people like you have judged people like that. And no wonder they say, fuck you for judging yeah, me because exactly. I have an accent and yeah. that's different than yours. Right. Yeah. It's, and uh, that it's, is it's just the same group as like when you say like, uh, you know, this person of color is so articulate. I was like, right. No, oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, I can't and, believe and it. They, and they can <laughs> swim so funny. well. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's funny yeah. you say that. They do yeah. say that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just like these weird, like completely, I mean, like if they thought about it for a second, people would be deeply embarrassed that they were making a background, like, broad generalization and just yes the stuff you know but these things get ingrained in you and you don't even realize and this is true for me all the time you know and right. so like like recognizing the like recognizing the biases that you automatically have is good to 
sort of w to wake yourself up from. That's handy, right? As the world becomes more globalized. And, uh, and that's what in Long Good Friday, like it really comes up against that. It's just like, yes. there's so much of an assumption going on with everybody. You hear Bob Hoskins talk. And I said at the beginning of the show, and when he says just like, we're going to bring things like culture, you know, like as soon as he says it, you're just like, you're not going to be bringing shit because nobody's going to take you seriously when you sound nope. like that. Like yep. you are trapped in that zone. Doesn't yes. matter if you're smart or not. And it matter. was basically it's sort of like yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. You're right. Yep. And like and 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 that is the like Hoskins being unable to see uh, outside of the zone that he is in is essentially the problem that like like this is the thing in the movie saying you need to identify this and again yourself, you know, uh, like. Victoria, uh, Helen Mirren, doesn't have that accent, and she has a much broader view of everything. Right. Um, and then you have the the weird, almost alien Americans who are bland-sounding, strange creatures that are kind of just like, so what are you going on here in England? Were they from New Jersey or Central Castia? I do want to say something that, 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 that may... Uh, you know, hopefully Eric is going to be okay with it. But I, I watched, I watched um, uh, uh, Fleabag. Um, oh, and yes. I know, I know, I know Eric likes Fleabag, which is great, and and I, I and I understand it. And I think there's some definitely something to be said about Fleabag, and I can really I like it. I love. Oh. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so, so the thing is, um, with Fleabag, I can sense the idea of like, okay, here's this outcast person from this rich family. Right, that's dealing with her trying to identify herself through the way the things that she does. Um, but as that happens, I don't want to hear about rich families anymore. I don't want to hear <laughs> about that class and family. Yeah. I'm just tired of those people. I'm honestly, I just don't. I don't want to deal with the the people at cocktail parties that say you speak so well. I don't want to deal with those people anymore because well, I think those people were, are What if you involve both rock music and wealthy families? Oh, well, <laughs> yes, I think that then you definitely – no, you're right to say that. Uh, and I think there's something interesting right. about – You don't have to backtrack. <laughs> uh, to, no, I think – but, well, here's the thing, right? Because in Fleabag, her the, her partner who's who's dead in, in, the, in the – spoiler alert in, – in the, in the show – she clearly does not have the accent that everyone else has, right? right. She's clearly lower class. Mm. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I just don't want to deal with going back to uh, – maybe I just don't want to deal with going back to your family and having to explain yourself every fucking time. <laughs> that sounds pretty uniquely personal. Right? Yes. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's but I, but I also think that unfortunately too now though – it doesn't matter if rich or poor, everyone seems to be explaining themselves and defining themselves right. so much that right. it's like. Well, I got into a, the... a debate online about, uh, uh, like, I really love the David Fincher movie, The Game, right? I think that's a, right. a really. I like cool, that movie too. Yeah, it's a really, really fun. Uh, I mean, it's a Twilight Zone movie. It's not like a realism based movie. It's a really, really enjoyable movie and a very cathartic movie. And uh, the guy I was, I was talking about with, like, he had, his point was just like, I don't know, I just can't feel sympathy for this, some rich asshole that can afford to have a catharsis. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm not, and I'm not dimi uh, diminishing what he is saying, but I was like, right. 
I'm not connecting with the movie because I'm rich. I'm super unrich, as a matter of fact. But like, it's because I'm I'm Poor. watching. I am yes, the, that is the word. Um, and uh, I'm no, I'm nowhere near dirt poor, but like certainly I'm not the bazillionaire that Michael Douglas is in that movie, yeah. right? And that, that's because the way that I'm watching the movie is as a movie. Like I'm connecting with the dude's emotions, and the rest of it is sort of a fantasia of catharsis. That the, the fact that he's rich is makes the movie possible. But I'm connection. I'm having a connection with what the movie is saying, not what the movie is representing. Right. And so yeah. I can have an emotional catharsis along with Michael Douglas, even though not even the real Michael Douglas is as rich as the guy that he's playing in that movie. Right. So I don't have any rich judgment about watching the movie because it's not about being rich. It's about having a self-realization, which I can identify with. Right. And I think that the way that w the, the place we're in right now, and we can thank Trump for this quite a bit, is that people are so heavily polarized that we are unable to even, uh, uh, empathize with what we see as the enemy so much so that we can't even validate a story that comes from their side. Like, even if we agree with the story, we don't even allow ourselves to agree with the story, you know? And even if the story is like, I mean, to bring up, you brought up, um, uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, right. Mm -hmm. And once upon a time in Hollywood is going through and because the novel came out, people are, uh, again, uh, talking about the, like, the representation of Bruce Lee in the movie and, and Quentin Tarantino said uh, uh, mean things about Bruce Lee. And the thing is that like, I don't oh know. Right. Like, so like Bruce I Lee is about that whole story. Right. Well, it's all come back because it's con and his book is out. And, and frankly, I and mean, you know that I love Tarantino's movies and I'm a big defender. Of him, but like he went on whatever it was like Joe Rogan. And he said things like his reaction was very harsh to this where he's, where he said, uh, He's just like, listen, there's one person who gets to be angry about this, and that's Bruce Lee's daughter, which is understandable because she's his daughter. And, like, she's mad at me for that. That's understandable. And he just said literally, he goes, everybody else can go suck a dick. <laughs> like, he just yeah. said this. And so he's asking for a fight in this, and I can't – I'm not going to rise to his defense in that way. But what I would say is that what I think is really the, – the reaction to this has been so extreme where – uh, Bruce Lee's daughter has said, you know, I'm sick of white people telling me, white men telling me what to think about my dad and everyone being very, very on the side of like Bruce Lee as a, as a cultural icon. And the thing is, I understand all that for sure. What I think is really interesting is that we seem to have forgotten the fact that Tarantino like has uh, like made like, like what's good, this leads to people calling Tarantino. He's a racist. And obviously this is, all terrible and like the guy is made at least three films uh that are uh like that uh, where he co-created characters with say pam greer and lucy Liu as the stars of his of the movie like and that most of his movies two of his movies specifically deal with the horror racism directly with django unchained and uh um and hateful eight uh, he is also, I, there's a video of him, like I saw in the, like in 2015, 2016, his, uh, like he almost got canceled by the right because, uh, boycotted by the right because he had, uh, spoken at a, uh, at a rally against the police because he was, and, and Tarantino was calling cops murderers for killing Eric Garner. Like, wow. like this is like, this is where he actually stands on this stuff. 
you know, and to sort of like super generalize about him because you feel strongly about uh, how maybe he like, I think it's a legitimate conversation to say like, is he handling this in appropriate, in an appropriate way? Is this, is this a valuable contribution to this dialogue or not? That's all totally above board, but just sort of like getting super mad and then yourself generalizing about Bruce Lee who, do you, you guys? I mean, it's, I mean, I know everyone's listening. I know we're recording this podcast, but do you guys think that you know over the you know whatever episodes we've kind of like seventy or eighty or whatever it is for this? Do you think any of the things that we've said are going to come bite us in the ass at some point if we ever become famous? Oh, sure, absolutely. They got these old podcasts and yeah, say, absolutely. Oh, Chris said something. It's like, well, absolutely. you took it out of context because I was referring to a specific. Is like, I know, I know. This is this is like like we are I, fucked. We're fucked. We can't this, say anything. I, like, the, like we should never have done this podcast. Sorry, podcast no, over, guys. <laughs> this is the thing. Is like I like I am. Do you really worry? No, I don't sorry. worry. There's nothing sorry, to be done. I don't want to do no, that because I'd be like the, the whole point of us doing this podcast is we can say some things that I think are important. I'm not saying that we're saying anything racist. I'm just saying that we're actually I saying the truth. Hope I would never say anything racist. Right. right? I'm just, you know, well, but you can, but I think that there's things that we can say, you know, we've, 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 we've talked about accents right now. Right? right. And we've said that there's certain accents define certain class systems and mm -hmm. that could be construed as racist. Right. I, I uh, think that it, I think like the way, the way that I would want that to come across is that these are kinds of things that I think, uh, bur like we are being like, that it burns in racism, you know, like this, this locks in racism, you know, like, like these kinds of like, uh, cultural generalizations that we make about people due to, uh, you know, language or, uh, what, the, who they, what they look like or where they live or all this stuff. Like, these are the things that fuck us up, you know, and we, and we on the left, you know, like I said, this, my people on the left, like we think that we're free of that and we're not. No, you know, and so well, Dave said that they were below the cancel culture radar, which I I get it. Thank you, Dave. But the point is, if ever, if ever, you know, one of us somehow succeeded in some way, would, course, what we stuff, said on this podcast right. come back to bite us come, in the come ass. Come back, take it out of context, and right. say something else that has you know, some, so, some some reporter from Vox Media is like, well, you know, right. he used to right. be on this podcast called right. Martini Giant, and he said this. And it doesn't matter and, whatever I say and, to contextualize these things; they're going to well, say put up. Well, themselves. they're going to they're going right. to a lot. Along the same lines of Anthony Bourdain was said something that he edited said. to like exactly you know like yep. here's we're gonna re-edit this guy's what this guy says and not talking about the AI we're talking about making a documentary about a dead guy we're gonna make him say the thing we want to say that's what a documentary is so right. like the then so when you take something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right where Tarantino's argument in this is I'm trying to like the movie the movie it's so we talked about it on the podcast. That movie is largely to do with how we, as filmgoers, tend to mythologize people even when they're yes. bad, right? Even when they're terrible people. And so Brad Pitt is, uh, like, clearly a racist, you know, like, from comments he makes in the movie. He probably killed his wife on purpose, yet because he's Brad Pitt and he's so charming... And he kills the bad guys in this movie, even though they didn't do anything. We feel good about he's the hero. We feel we just love watching him and we give him a pass. Even when people in the movie are saying that dude killed his wife. What the fuck are you celebrating him for? 
right? And when I read the novel, this is spoilers for the novel about what I'm about to say. Like, I thought maybe, like, when we were talking about it before, maybe, like, it was up for a conversation. Maybe I was right. Maybe I was wrong. In the novel, like, Tarantino calls uh, uh, DiCaprio's character a fascist. He uh, talks about um, uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character as the reason why he likes this old show is because the main character agrees with Brad Pitt, which is to say, and this is what Tarantino says explicitly, he is a racist and a sexist and Cliff agrees with him. Right. Now you're not going to, if you're a racist and a sexist, you don't say you're a, I, you know, he's a racist. Like you said, no, there's God's blah, blah, blah. You make an excuse for yourself. He's saying Cliff is a bad person. And then he says, you also know Cliff is a bad person because in the book, he absolutely murdered his wife on purpose. And he says it out like straight out. And not only did he murder yeah. some, his wife on purpose, he murdered two other people on purpose. Cliff is a serial killer. In, in the novel, it's revealed Brad Pitt's character is a serial killer. And so we are watching the Bruce Lee segment through his remembrance of his world of Bruce Lee. So we should be able, as filmgoers, to say, like, I think what I'm seeing here is Brad Pitt's opinion about Bruce Lee. Because, you know, say, when we see DiCaprio... But uh, the way they, they dealt with history with Sharon Stone... Or Sharon um, Tate... When Charles Madsen killed Sharon Stone, yes. Yeah, yes, yes right. Sharon Tate, he mythologized it. I mean, he just turned the, the history of it around. Yeah, I think we just... And we I just talked agree. about it, so he right. did that with Bruce Lee. Well, so this is, this, this is, is what, I, that's what I mean. I think, I think that he is – the reason why he does it with Bruce Lee is because he is pointing out that we do it with Cliff Booth and everyone else. And so like the, the, the when, when people are trying to say Tarantino uh, has no right to say that Bruce Lee was a bad person, what they are arguing for is they want to mythologize Bruce Lee, whereas Tarantino is saying yeah. we should not mythologize people. That is what the movie is saying. But from yeah, I for me, I always saw Bruce Lee as one who went against the system and changed kung fu. Apparently, Absolutely. sure. So he was kind of this outsider who, so he was just another outsider who yeah. is susceptible to critique because he's an outsider. Well, the thing is, like Bruce Lee, like I don't know Bruce Lee. I've never known Bruce Lee. It's it's perfectly legitimate that to say some people thought Bruce Lee was a jerk. And if I had met Bruce Lee, maybe I would have liked Bruce Lee. I don't know. But like for it to say that Tarantino is saying something general that is, you know, uh, like he doesn't like he's trying to say something racist or hyper negative when he also spends, say, 10 pages in the novel talking about how much he loves Toshiro Mifune. Like the guy it's like there's a conversation to be had, but it isn't a black and white conversation of he is evil he is wrong versus he is the best and he doesn't mean anything, you know, and this is the, the heightened nature of how we talk about this allows for no give and take. There's no actual dialogue about it. Like, I think it was, like I said, like, I think if people said like, listen, I hear what Tarantino is trying to do, but this is the wrong time to do it and the wrong way to do it. And it's making people mad. That's a, that's a really legit argument. Like that's, that's something you can really talk about. But instead, what we want to do is go, he's a villain and we need to cancel him is bad news because and it's right. knocked out by his, his own actual history. 
Yeah. You know, like the dude's not like, like you want to say he's like, like if you want to say he's a racist, that's totally fine. It's weird for a racist to spend so much time thinking about the pain that racism causes in his films. Right. So maybe it's, there's more to talk about there than not. This is well, the kind of stuff I think people are simple minded and they don't have enough. Uh, they don't, they, they can't see in more than one dimension. That's really what it comes down to. It feels no, more, I, I think people I, can't make their own, analyze no 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 they want manner. they live for sound bites they yes. live for sound bites and fucking tiktok and facebook and tiktok they net and it, uh, one sound bite or one quote in tiktok or facebook or twitter is one dimensional yeah and they're living for that right and everybody does this left right everybody all ages it doesn't matter they this don't leave nuance. there's thing. no Right. Okay. And, then, well, then, and to, and to, and I don't to, want to get into this. Sorry. Yeah. Guys. But to, to cool it down and to say, like, there's, like, there's psychological reasons why we do this. And I can say, like, the, the two primary ones are um, uh, bias confirmation because we don't want more, in, we don't want information that makes us think harder about stuff. We want information that confirms what we believe. Right. And so we like these, a little tweet that says, I agree with this. And then we put that in the, I'm a good person pile. Right. And the other thing is this, is this thing called, um, um, uh, the primary, uh, attribution error, which we all do, which is I, when I, I do bad things, I have lots of detailed explanations as to why that happened. But when someone else does a bad thing, I turn them into a cartoon villain and treat them that way. And these two mechanisms are how, say, Twitter makes money. Like, they do not want an actual conversation. They want to shake the change out of your pockets. So, like, it's totally reasonable. Like, I think that, say, like, Bruce Lee's daughter being pissed off about Quentin Tarantino. Like, that's something to talk about. That's something that's real. And she's really hurt by it. That's something to say. It has cultural implications. Those are real to talk about. Right? Right. But talk about them. But actually she feels that Tarantino portrayed Bruce Lee in a negative light, and she's legitimate to say that. Absolutely true, and she's and she and people that are people that think that that was wrong of Tarantino to do are like that is a totally legit thing to say. But the the only thing I say is like talk about it, like try to come to an understanding about it, and and have a conversation about it. Don't form an opinion, dig in, and defend yourself because then you are actually contributing to the problem by making other people dig in about their uh, point of view on it. It doesn't do anything for you. It makes things harder and worse. And I would suggest saying like one of the big things that happened this past week is there was a long tweet stream that was handed all around saying like, we should just look at this movie, his movies at face value. Like this is what the, this is what's in the movie. How can you say that this isn't bad? I'm just like, since when do we look at art in, at, in face value terms? Well, should yeah. I look at Taxi Driver and at face value? Like, should I like, should I look at you know um, uh, whatever you know like any list of movies where like although Taxi Driver like you'd put Martin Scorsese in jail if you took it at face value. Like that's about a a, a violent murdering near pedophile. Yes, and in that Scorsese's racist in the back of the cab. Yes, exactly. So should taxi I take, driver? Should I take this in face value and say that that like obviously he endorses all of this, or should I go like, what is he trying to make me feel here? Because I mean, to to boil it down, like Taxi Driver is a much more is a much sharper version of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
it's trying to say like why are you supporting this guy as the hero like you feel it you are following him you empathize with him and in the movie in the end of the movie he is celebrated for saving jodie foster but he's a monster like he's a despicable crazy racist brutal awful person but but you're behind him. Same with French Connection. French Connection is about a, a brutal, racist, uh, suspect Bye-bye. beating cop, right? Yep. And you watch that movie yep. today, and it's even crazier and and more upsetting. And it should be, like that's the idea of the film. And so, like when you see something like, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is like a good easy watch. I would say that the fact that it's a good easy watch is what is uh is the trick of the movie. It's getting you to just let's hang out with Cliff Booth because he's really cool. Look, he beats up those hippies. Like, and you have a good time. And then the movie's like, why the fuck are you supporting that wife murdering racist? Why do you, why do you think it was a good idea that he violently beat women to death in the end of the film and you cheered for him? Like, why did that feel good? Because they killed somebody. They didn't kill anybody. They may have been there to maybe do something, but they never got to doing it. And we're having the fun of revenge with them, them actually committing the crime. That's a complex thing to say. That's asking a lot of the audience. And that's what you should do when you take in art, not have a critter conversation about, Oh, you like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, you like Spike Lee. We can never talk. Because I think people have been delivered movies that give a singular message for so long. And they think that every movie has a singular message. That they really, must agree with. Yeah. That they must agree with or disagree with, right? So that's what it comes down to. This movie is about the Joker and blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's the message. And therefore, I disagree with it. So therefore, this movie is bad. Yes. No. That, that is a, that's a bad way, in my opinion, to interact with art. Like yeah. no matter what it is. And like the, the, cause like if you're looking, if you're looking at, if you're judging art through the, through only the lens of politics, then you are only ever looking at the same thing again and again and again, because you're only ever asking one question is, do I agree? Yeah, You just want someone to agree with you or not agree That's with you. That's it. Okay. You might as well just I, sit there and pat on yourself. We, we are, we are at three hours and I need to wrap it up because I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm only saying this because honestly I'm getting anxiety over this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, of course. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. Um, and I, I, I don't know why I, I'm just not ready to deal with it today. Maybe some other time I can deal with it a little bit. Better. No, I hear you. It's, it's stressful. It was definitely like, I felt a lot of stress this week, reading Twitter and watching people <sighs> fight about it. And I was just like, that's why I don't do that. I know <sighs> it's that's so part of, part of, and that's, 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 it's a legitimate and absolutely fair thing to say. Um, uh, I think we should think about, um, uh, doing a watch party next week. If yeah, you guys it. are up for it. Love it. Uh, so it, again, if you guys have ideas for watch party, let us know what you guys want to do. I don't care. I'm I'm excited about something we have fun. A, something fun, something ridiculous. I love it. Something that we can enjoy. Maybe something like familiar. Mississippi burning. No, yeah, that would be great. So, yeah, that's exactly Mississippi what we're burning. Do watch yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, something like that. Uh, the Master Cycle. Let's do that. It's only a, you know, it's a few hours long. It's not big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy. That's a good idea. Uh, I don't know. Something something, something a little bit different. I just think well, I need a little bit of a break, and it would be fun to do to just chill out with you guys. So I would appreciate any suggestions you guys have. And uh, if you're listening to this in the podcast stream, uh, you're going to get this much later than uh, than when we actually do it. But 
Still love your suggestions. So just remember to email us, podcast at martinigiant.com. Again, that is podcast at martinigiant.com. You can also tweet at us, speaking of Twitter, uh, <laughs> uh, martini uh, at Martini Giant. You can also send us a message on Instagram, uh, martini underscore, underscore giant uh, is our Instagram. Facebook is Martini Giant. And uh, of course, Twitch is Martini underscore giant. Uh, but anyway, that would be uh, really appreciated. Also, please uh, go to our martinigiant.com and check out all the cool merch. I cannot emphasize enough how much fun it's been to see all of the Eric creations that are going on there. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely sure. hilarious. Super we would wild. Love, we work. would love to get uh, your guys' contribution. Remember that it does also help support our channel, which is also appreciated. Uh, and if, as we had today, uh, Matt Wilder ended up getting, uh, is going to get a, a personal sketch from Eric for subscribing to our Twitch channel. Anyone who subscribes to our Twitch channel will get uh, a, um, a, a, a a sketch of choice that Eric has created during the show. So make sure and uh, donate, uh, you know, give a subscription and then we will uh, send you out a, a sketch. It's a lot of fun. So thank you, Matt, by the way, for subscribing. We much appreciate it. All right. Uh, I am going to go ahead and get ready to wrap it up and then we're going to end the stream. So that you guys was a wonderful show. Thank you. That's <laughs> good time. It was. It got me a little down towards the end. I think. Sorry about that. I'll I'm take gonna, the hit on that. That's gonna fine. blame that's fine. Dan on that one. I just, yep. I just couldn't deal with it today. It's, it's too he's, heavy. It's too heavy. He's just mean spirited. He's just, yeah, yeah. He's just. Fucking... I want people to love and understand each other through art, and I get frustrated yes. when it doesn't. Well, happen. but you know what you did do then is you did wrap up our conversation that started with the Joker and wrapped it up with what you said, and it did kind of had bookend quite well. So I'm going to give you that, but uh, otherwise. Uh, well, yeah, I'll be just, for the watch party. I'll be a totally different person. It's, it's yeah, yeah, no, fun. we need to no do conflict. something. No conflict. Something, the watch something, party. something silly, but that's right. Uh, it'd be great. All right. Excuse me. I gotta go fishing tomorrow morning for sure. I need to do that. It's gonna help. Oh, yeah. Me. Hell yeah. That's All right. a good idea. You guys. All right. Guys, guys, ready? I'm gonna put new stuff out, and yeah, it's fine. I was going to yeah. talk for another 20 minutes, but it's fine. Yeah. Check it out. Mar MartiniGiant.com. If you want to check out all the amazing work that Eric has done, uh, it's available there, including the stuff. On Buy the, the mugs. Buy the mugs. A mug a day a mug brings a, day. a smile. It takes the frown away, and that's an uh, old A mug a day thing. keeps the frown away. I like that. That's oh. Yeah. Right? I just I I've, I have ordered You know what makes your mug better? I said I was order, so. A smile. Hot liquid. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm smiling. Yep. <laughs> you guys ready? Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. <laughs> <laughs>